Hey, y'all, it's Friday, December 29th, 2023. If you're catching this live, it is the last live broadcast, the finale of the calendar year 2023. And, you know, you say you save the best for last. No, I'm not buttering the guy up. I, I genuinely like him. He's amazing. We have fun with him. And uh, his name is Tom Woods. He's joining us in the first hour. He's got a new book out as well as a, a free uh, book download that you can get. We'll have access to that. So you'll learn about that this hour. And catch up in general on all kinds of of fun and frivolity in the realm of freedom. Uh, In hour two, we have uh, Jeremy Slate joining us for the first time. He's got uh, also a a podcast of his own, commandyourbrand.com, and his own personal website. So we'll catch up with him. He's he's interviewed a lot of the folks we have as well, get some more perspective on this, where we're headed in the the new calendar year, 2024. And that will be my 25th year, beginning my 25th year in broadcast healing. Good Lord, a quarter century. Yeah, the gray shows it. I know I can't hide it, but uh, those of you who want more drugs, this is probably not the place for you, but we'll we'll cover some of those trends in weight loss in the new year in just a moment as well. So get ready. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. It's a new year ritual. The ball drops, and millions resolve to drop a few pounds themselves. But to lose the weight, many this year are looking to a drug, not just a new gym membership. The market for these anti-obesity medications like Ozempic and Manjaro has exploded to $6 billion this year and could grow to $100 billion by 2030. Traditional weight loss companies getting in on the craze. Earlier this month, Weight Watchers announcing WW Clinic to prescribe the medications in tandem with its food tracking system. Competitors Noom and Octavia's parent company Medifast, both offering virtual health options to users to prescribe med. Well, there you go. Uh, Where we're headed for the new year. If we listen to those that have been feeding us lies, garbage, junk, processed foods, There's going to be more of that in the coming year. Well, if you want to participate in that. Now, how are you going to step into that new year and actually achieve what you want to achieve, whether it be weight loss? I mean, that's really it should be let's get rid of the garbage from my body and watch the weight drop off like it will. But there are things that you can do. And one of the things I'm so excited about this hour, Tom Woods is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. He knows how to get stuff done. And uh, there's also some uh, some retrospectives on what he has learned, what we have learned, what we've all learned. And I'm always curious to hear his perspectives on his journey, because it's been one that's rooted in a deep uh, a love of freedom and also a recognition that um, bigger government is not the way to get that freedom. <laughs> you know, whether it be led by charges of conservatism or you know whatever it might be. And so we'll get through that as well together today and some new uh, new options for you, a free book download as well. So I'm excited to bring that to you. But uh, as we open the show uh, this hour, first hour, uh, what wellness trends will be big in 2024? And it, it has a headline here about the Ozempic ripple effect and more expert predictions. Now, I remember when Fenfen and Redux were big drugs for weight loss, and then they caused a lot of problems because every 
FDA approved pharmaceutical used on label or off label is by definition toxic to some degree. Some things greater, some things lesser, but ultimately it's all toxic and none of which your body has a deficiency in. So if you have a weight or metabolic issue, the question is, are you at a loss for some toxic poison? That will improve you. Can you poison your way back to health? Can you poison your way to weight loss? Well, Ozempic has shown you could poison your way to weight loss in such a way that you'll look like something you don't want to look like. <laughs> you might like it initially, but boy, oh boy, the so-called side effects, which are direct effects of the drug that are not marketable, are horrendous. And we've covered many of those things over the years. I go back to the uh, year 2000 in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Barbara Starfield uh, wrote a peer-reviewed published article that hasn't been disputed ever since it was uh, first published. And it showed that pharmaceutical FDA approved drugs, third leading cause of death. Now, during COVID, I think that expanded into, I think clearly, I think more clearly the first or the leading cause of death, the interventions that even well-meaning physicians had brought upon us, whether it be not treating you for symptoms you had and then waiting until you were on death's door in a hospital and then venting you and doing many other medications we've covered that also facilitated an accelerated death, or whether it be the promotion of this synthetic mRNA injection that has resulted in not the enhanced immune response that they were maybe targeting, but in fact, destruction to many organs and systems of the body, seeing more and more young people suffer with cardiac events like never before. And uh, a term with two words died suddenly, which we never really had talked about much, even though, yes, you could die suddenly of a heart attack. But traditionally, that wasn't happening in 18 and 19 year old boys, much less girls. Uh, so we've been through a lot on this. And the question is, are we maturing enough to finally realize, yeah, of course, I've never disputed that there is a place for drugs. They exist and they are there for, I think, a good reason, an acute intervention when life and death is you know, on the line. But to utilize them as a, uh, you know, a recreation <laughs> or as this is what we do. And then, you know, maybe one day if we figure out the drugs are killing us, we'll, we'll look out for an herbalist, a, a chiropractor, a naturopath, a homeopath, then we'll figure it out. And then we have to come in and undo the damage caused by the toxic poisons that have been granted special monopoly status to treat disease to the exclusion of all else, which is the furthest thing from freedom. So as you heard yesterday's show with Jonathan E. Mord, my good buddy who's running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine, Hillary Clinton's lackey. We talked about that freedom for all of us, including the doctors, to innovate, to respond appropriately, like during COVID. Those that did found out that what I have been saying since I opened up the microphone in, in 1999 is that we don't have freedom of speech when it comes to healing. I didn't make that up. It was just that not as many people were impacted by it. So they thought if it's real, nah, it's not real. You're making that up. And then they found out. The doctors, duly licensed, credentialed, were attacked viciously, threatened with, you know, fines, sometimes jail time, or just defrocking, delicensing, for merely pointing out clinically what they were observing. And the argument was, well, the peer-reviewed literature doesn't say that. Well, maybe it did, and they didn't want to look at it. And there were physicians, credentialed physicians like Dr. Peter McCullough probably more researched and published than any other cardiologist on planet earth or right near the top. And I've interviewed him a few times and uh, I'll find out if Tom has as well, but a uh, fascinating guy 
who was fully vaccinated himself. His kids were fully vaccinated. He would get the flu shot annually. And when we first interviewed him, some of you were like, oh, he you shouldn't put him on your show. He's not anti-vax. I'm like, dude, this isn't about that. It's about learning about what what people believe and why their experience. And then last, uh, you know, a few months back, we had him on again at a freedom event up, up in Idaho. And he said this to me, he says, Robert, I, I was fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated. My grandkids will get none. What? Give people the space, give people the leeway to learn, to shift perspective based on what they didn't know or what they were programmed into believing. And you'll be amazed at what can happen. I know a lot of you have been beat up over the years. Certainly I have, but our response is not to beat back on these people. Is that, is that really going to help? Or do you just go, you know, I'm going to sit back and life will, has a way of bringing things to our attention that we didn't know before. I've made changes in my life. I didn't know what I knew growing up. I was raised in a pharmaceutical medical family. And even today, as much as I've recognized and learned about what isn't working, what doesn't work or what is downright dangerous, deleterious or deadly, I've never called for the banning of what they do. Just the freedom to compete in an open market of ideas, a marketplace where you know, you get to decide. And I, I think that's a, a much superior position and I'm not a superioritist. I just made that word up, <laughs> but I like freedom that much. And I think that in that we can all actually get along a lot better and we'll be all healthier for it. So as we look at 2024 and the, the uh, uh, dive into the exempic ripple effect, celebrities, you know, doing all this stuff, you know, they say here, there's going to be a shift to science. We're not going to buy into this, this nonsense of, of people that are not credentialed and licensed. Like, listen, many of those people, including myself, were the ones that were right during COVID before COVID. Is, is a license the key factor. And I, I would argue that doctors are harmed by their license are limited by their licenses. They're not freed up. You know, licenses are our permission slips to do that, which would otherwise be considered illegal. And I've argued that healing should never be considered illegal. And the way you decide to go should be the way you decide to go. I want more information out there so you can decide which way you have better information, better decision-making potential. So if we want to look toward a better health in 2024, and maybe if it's weight loss, I would say it's toxin loss. Don't look to Medicare to provide these drugs like Ozempic. They're like articles in Newsmax, uh, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, how discriminatory people on Medicare can't get on these weight loss drugs. How about teaching people to eat food that's actually food? Yesterday, we had a, a wonderful Ph.D., Joan uh, Eiflin, who we met first at the he Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat in Medellin, Colombia, last month or earlier this month still. And she's talking about the addiction to processed food. It's like, how many people even know that that's contributing to their inability to lose quote unquote weight or the fact that they've gained so much? There's so much more. And there's so many extraordinary people that are bringing this out. I'm here just to spotlight them. I'm happy to do it. And I'm really happy to bring my friend, Tom Woods, back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know what? This is like the best way to end the year, if you will, on a, on a real high note. Diary of a Psychosis is the new book. How Public Health Disgraced Itself During COVID Mania. You go to diaryofcovid.com. I'll talk to, to Tom about that and a whole lot more, I hope. Tom, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Very glad to be here on your last show of 2023. 
Dude, you are you are like making it all the better. So thank you. It's good to see you. Thank you. So I got always questions for you because I just thoroughly enjoy you and and your your views and the way you bring it out with such humor, of course, and intelligence. And as we open the discussion, my question to you is how your views on academia and authority or authoritarians, maybe I should say, has shifted over the years. And is COVID the thing that caused the explosion of, of, of so many, like I said, doctors coming on board going, Hey, maybe you aren't so crazy after all. Yeah, this is, um, some of these months and, and years we've endured have been like little mini vindications of Robert Scott Bell. So <laughs> it must be interesting to, to live through these times when more than ever, there's skepticism of the medical establishment more than ever. Now, not nearly as much as there ought to be, mm. but more than we, probably expected four years ago, let's say. So I'll take what I can get. Well, in terms of me, well, I I have an academic background. I used to teach. I have lots of degrees and all that. So, uh, you know, my heart used to sort of be in that a little bit, to be honest with you. And I knew about the problems and there are a lot of crazy people there, but I still wanted to plug away and do the best I I could there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, but I was never naive about it. I, I started in 2012 my uh, Liberty Classroom website, and the point of that was that if you want to learn, let's say, U.S. history, f- forget about going to Yale University. Okay, I mean, forget it. So what do we do? I can't. What am I going to do about Yale University? What I can do is go around it, and I can create my own parallel thing. And so if you want the truth, it's out there. It's at Liberty Classroom. So I've I've always kind of thought of myself as being adversarial mm-hmm. toward the uh, toward academia, but now it's gotten to a point where the rot is so overwhelming that I I I, I can't even compute it. And mm-hmm. and now you know about this, Robert. Obviously, being um, you know, observing health news and uh, what's coming out of official you know with a capital O medicine. Yeah, but. There's a major problem of of research fraud and 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 bogus papers that that have come out uh, over the years that most people do not realize that even the former editor of the British Medical Journal said that this is not a a problem of a, a few bad apples. It's a whole bag of bad apples. I mean, there, we're not even aware this is an issue, but it is. And it's not just medicine. Then we find that in psychology. There was a big crisis about 10 years ago when suddenly everybody realized that the major papers, a whole bunch of them that had been published, peer-reviewed and all that, their results could not be replicated. Mm. So these are bogus. And then you look at epidemiology seems like some kind of voodoo. Is that even a real thing? And (laughs) the people who practice it, I mean, you've made 10% of them are good, normal people. The rest of them are like weird hypochondriacs. And then economics is a disaster. That's just Mm. become a field that people enter because they want to advise the crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, history is a is is pathetic. I mean, it is like every discipline you look at is a nightmare. And so it's not a matter of, well, there are a few radical professors over there. No. Maybe that was the problem sometime ago, but they run the whole thing now. Yeah. We're, we're uh, you know, those holistic people that were the crazy ones are looking a little better by comparison. And that doesn't mean I, I say just blindly believe that. I've never asked people to do that. Uh, and, you know, you have covered so many topics and you've had so many guests on over the years in your podcast. I, I remember more recently, I don't know, within the last year, you finally had a homeopath on 
And uh, I wondered if you got a lot of backlash from your audience or were they kind of open to it now? Oh, isn't that funny? Well, oh, that, that's right. Maybe it was Sarah Thompson. I believe I so, yes. Because I, I think I had her on the show and then I've had her in my School of Life program uh, a couple of times. Um, you know, I didn't get the pushback I thought I would because I think people's attitude now is I am not so sure I have all the answers anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm willing to listen to people of goodwill who have something else to say. And people of goodwill, by the way, who would be a lot would, – would, their careers would be a lot easier if they would just say yeah. what the powers that be want them to say. Right. It would be way easier for them. And when they don't, that makes me sit up and pay attention. You know, in, in a lot of areas, there are, there are issues that are controversial among conservatives today that – nobody wants to speak out about because they don't want to be unpopular and disinvited from the cocktail parties. So when somebody does that, that gets my attention. I think a lot of people now have that attitude that, you know, my gosh, we, if we haven't been chastened mm -hmm. by the COVID years, then nothing is going to chasten us. And now I think it's time to have a little bit of humility. I like to think of it also as perhaps a maturation process too, because you know, when we talk about the the wide variety of ways to help people get well and stay well, immune health and things, and it's just like we dismiss and I and I'm growing up as an American dismissing a lot of the the other parts of the world. We talk about the primitive things, right? We're so much better than. And then I visited many of these places around the world and learned of the natural healing traditions that go back thousands of years. I'm like, there's a lot of basis in 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 science that they didn't even have to apply these things. And, and I thought, you know, can we mature enough to say we don't have all the answers? And, and I'm speaking not just as a, a you know, an American or a doctor of some kind, uh, but as you point out a little bit of humility to recognize that the human experience is wide and varied. And there's a lot of knowledge that we didn't have growing up in this young country called America. Well, I think this might be an interesting transition here talking about humility because at that website that you promoted, diaryofcovid.com, I have what I believe to be the world's best uh, book video. It's about two minutes long. And in that video, I specifically told the video guy, here are a couple of clips from MSNBC that I want you to put on there. And one of them is a guy named Andy Slavitt. Maybe you remember that name. He was a COVID advisor, White House COVID advisor. So as soon as you hear White House COVID advisor, it's almost all you need to know. So mm -hmm. Andy Slavitt was once, finally, finally, somebody asked these people a challenging question. I mean, normally these interviews are so softball, you can't even watch them. But the of all people, the MSNBC anchor actually asked Andy Slavitt sometime in 2021, I don't know when, Asked him, look, um, I don't see what are we supposed to make of the fact that California is still overwhelmingly shut down and yet its numbers aren't all that different from Florida's numbers, especially when you adjust for age, which you obviously have to do. Uh, and Florida is basically open. I mean, what what are we supposed to make of that? And at that moment, I thought, all right, I thought, Robert, I thought maybe they've got an answer for this. I've, I'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. And the answer came. Well, you know what? There's a lot. There's a lot about this virus that just surprises us that we think we understand, but we we don't quite understand it. So, whoa. Okay. So he actually, for a brief moment, admitted we don't exactly know what's happening. But then that brief glimpse of humility went flying out the window because then he said, "But what we do know is that 
masks work and social distancing and whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, the whole thing. We know this. But the mm -hmm. point is, the point is, Andy, apparently we don't know that because of the question you were just asked. Like, we're observing it in real time happening. Yes. And it's not, the results are not corresponding to what you're telling us. And yet the answer is, well, let's just keep doing more of what we've been doing, even though it all it does is, is ruin people's lives. Diary of covid.com is the website i want you all to go to and you get a, a a free book download as well you can see this video that tom's just mentioning and uh you can pick up diary of a psychosis about this and uh tom we're going to be working on in the new year of kind of a I don't have you call it a summit, but uh, I'm interviewing a lot of folks specific to the issue of, of, of long COVID as well. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of controversies there. I've got people from all wide, varied backgrounds from medical to non-medical and everything in between. Um, and you might even, you know, I might want to interview you about what you've seen and, and because I want to really spotlight the people that are suffering right now. And there are a lot of them, whether they've gotten the COVID injections or not, um, there's a lot going on that is Look, we've already had health challenges over the decades I've been doing this, and it's added to this mess, and it's made it a lot more difficult, and I want to reach out everybody that's got some insight to help. Yeah. Yeah, well, you mentioned the, the free book, and that's an example in, in that book, which I'll talk about in a second. Of, it collects stories of people who have suffered. Some of them have suffered because of the shots. Some of them suffered because of uh, their business was shut down and, and mm -hmm. they lost everything they, they worked for. So this is, so the book we're talking about is Diary of a Psychosis. But at diaryofcovid.com, I have a special extra book that I give away for free if you buy this one. And that's the one, that's the one we, we are briefly mentioning now. And that second book that I give away for free is called Collateral Damage, Victims of the Lockdown Regime Tell Their Stories. And to my knowledge, there is no such book anywhere. And the idea of it is I just collected these stories that people were sending to me as the author of an email newsletter on this subject. Mm -hmm. And then I solicited a few more. And I didn't even have to go out to the general public. I just went to my own audience and it's one story of horror after another. And the thing about the shots, I, I don't know that we've fully come to grips with the fact that for, I guess, the first time ever, People were told you have to endure a medical regimen or suffer immediate personal and professional destruction. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if that's fully sunk in with me. And I wrote about it a, a day after day after day. And so in, in this collateral damage free bonus book, there are people talking about, you know, devastated careers, uh, loss of loved ones for various reasons because of everything that was going on. And, and you think, well, I can't bear to read that. But in a way, I feel like we owe it to these people to read their story because they want to tell them. They need to tell somebody what happened. And as you know, at the time, you couldn't tell stories like this. If you complained about the lockdown regime, mm. well, that just goes to show how selfish and wicked you were, even if it took away everything you had. I mean, I had on my show somebody who's got two Vax-injured relatives now who lost two jobs, lost a uh, a potential spouse and lost his grandmother all because of this. And nobody cared about that story. NBC news didn't come tell that story, but yet, even though it is a sad story, although he's clawed his way back, he's got his own home. He's got a new job. He's, he's working. He's clawed his way back. He wants to tell that story because it's making him crazy not to. And so I felt like, okay, this is a meeting of the minds then because we have a lot of people who want to tell forbidden stories and we have those of us out there who are sympathetic enough 
to care to lend an ear to them. Now, it's one of the greatest gifts you can do is just sometimes to sit and listen to these stories, much less to communicate them out to the world. And, you know, it, it kind of validates their experience that, that you know, the, much of the, uh, you know, the, the, the so-called authoritarian world wants to uh, pretend these people don't exist. And if they acknowledge that they're somehow suffering, it's, you know, not because of what we did. It has nothing to do, be, you know, we, and the thing is, as you point out in that MSNBC clip, it's like, we don't know what it is, but we know what it's not. Like, yeah, right. wait a second. How do those two equate? Logically, it doesn't make sense, but this is kind of the way that they've been going about even before the controversies of, of the previous versions of vaccines related to autism. You know, anybody who spoke out and said, hey, there may be a link was destroyed utterly. And there were very few of us saying those things at the time. So it didn't affect or impact as broadly as what COVID happened. As you said, you know, many people were deplatformed and banned. Even these groups of people who were victimized by the propaganda to get the shots or else you'll lose your job, you'll lose your freedom to travel, et cetera. And those who were just telling their stories of harm were eliminated from, you know, the, the, the town square in the electronic media world. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's the other the other clip that I insisted on. There's a couple. One was Dr. Fauci on The View, which is the show that you watch if you want to learn the opposite of everything. And he was on The View and whatever, I don't even know their names, asked him, you know, it looks like they're going to have packed college football stadiums. And I look at that and I say, I think COVID's about to have a feast. What do you think? And Fauci says, yeah, I, I, that's exactly the way I think. And then even the Today Show then comes on and says, but it didn't happen. Nationwide, all the numbers fell. And this raises no – now, again, I'm assuming goodwill on the part of these people, which I don't in the book. But if, for the sake of argument, I'm mm-hmm. assuming goodwill that, that none of them had any curiosity about it. That's, that's the most generous interpretation you can have. Why is, it, why is the world not working the way we say? So the, other, the, the one other time Fauci was asked um, a, a tough question – was on, uh, it might have been CNN, and Texas had just opened, and their numbers looked fine. And they said to him, well, how come Texas is doing okay? Like, we, we were supposed to see corpses on the side of the road if they did this, and yet it seems to be okay. And his answer, Robert, his answer was, maybe they're doing things outdoors. You think I'm making up that answer. Maybe they've taken the whole state outside. Maybe that's the answer. He, he, he doesn't know. He, he hasn't got an answer. That's a problem. Like you, you've you've destroyed people. You've pitted families against each other. You've destroyed uh, people's savings, their livelihoods, their health. And this is your well. You know, I guess I just don't know what's going on. That's not normal. So the point of this, the reason I I, I have the word diary in it is that mm-hmm. I I basically followed this as it happened in real time, and because of that. I remember a lot of little details that a lot of us might have forgotten. I remember because I was I was a fanatic about this, Robert. I was upset. I was looking at every chart, news item, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a lot of things that I think people have forgotten. Like I live in Florida. Alachua County is where Jacksonville is. And they decided, their board of whatever, decided that the rule would be in your retail establishment, you can have one person for every thousand square feet. And so somebody finally asked them, by the way, where'd you come up with that rule? What science was behind that? And they said, oh, we thought one per thousand was easy math for everybody to do. (laughs) So like those little details of, they admit that there is nothing behind it. They just openly tell you. 
<laughs> it's because any other math would have been complicated for us. Yeah. Yikes. Well, like the six feet rule. Uh, where did that come from? There's so they much of that. Nowhere. <laughs> we yeah. just invented that. Nowhere. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that's the, the, the hard thing again, coming, I acknowledge, and, you know, we got new folks joining the show every, all the time that have come on board after years of like, I would never join a show like this, <laughs> you know, and just going, wait a second, the world is not what I thought it was. But, you know, that was my journey as a young person into my young adult years. I, I realized because of my health, it motivated me to dig deeper below the surface to realize that I had been lied to about a lot of things related to my health. And then I began to pull the threads and I was curious about other things, you know, and I and investigated the politics, the banking, the economics of like, I couldn't stop at one thing. I realized, my gosh, if it happened here, could it have happened here? Could they have erased history and even rewritten it or just erased parts of it so it didn't exist? Like, you know, going to Emory University in Atlanta, uh, you know, on a pre-med program initially, finding out years after I graduated that they taught homeopathy in the medical school curriculum up until 1949, they were one of the last holdouts after the Flexner Report of 1910 to teach it. It's like, how did they erase that history? It was like it didn't exist. And I felt profoundly deceived. At the same time, I felt like I got to tell somebody. I got to tell my fellow Americans we're being lied to, you know, and not everybody was welcoming of that. But that was OK. It wasn't I wasn't doing it for ego gratification. I just really felt like I got a mission here. If this if this happened to me, could it be happening to other people? Well, for me, I I had my eyes opened because I guess I just assumed because I never really looked into it, that if we had an infectious disease outbreak, that we've got experts who will know just what to do. It turns out none of none of what I just said is correct. Mm. And, and I what I, I, I what I the thing is, a lot of times people in my audience and your audience that we're so on fire to tell people the truth that we want to start them on Chapter 37 of the story and yeah. say, let's talk about the sinister forces running world events. Ninety nine percent of the public is not ready for that. What they we need to start on, on Chapter one. Chapter one is nothing they did worked. That's Chapter one. Then you get into, well, gee, now why is that? Was that by accident or what, what do you think might have been going on here? But chapter one is nothing worked. N none of these things they did worked. And that is what I am relentlessly, relentlessly pummeling in here. That if, if you, for example, I, I even made a website where I created a quiz. I would show you two charts uh, and it would be deaths over time. And I'd say, mm -hmm. all right, which is the state that did X and which is the state that didn't do X? You'll never get it right. Uh, which one? Which county of this state had a mask mandate and which one didn't? Uh, you're never going to get it right because it's all random over and over and over. You're designed to fail that test uh, because now if, if, if what these people were telling us is true, it should be easy to pass the test. It should be obvious that, that one chart, the numbers are off the charts, right? Because they were too stupid and they didn't listen to their overlords and they didn't listen to public health and all that. And so they got punished by COVID. But the, the, the graphs refuse to tell that morality story. They just refuse to. California, Arizona, Nevada. California, most locked down. Nevada, second most. Arizona, the least. The graphs look the same. You can't tell which is which. Or Los Angeles County has a vax mandate. Orange County doesn't. You look at them next to each other, absolutely no difference. But there, that's a matter of the vax mandate was obviously never about protecting your health. Uh, in Canada, we have Canadian officials who came right out and said, we're not saying that you're going to be safer in a restaurant if you're not surrounded by unvaccinated people. We're not even going down that road. What we're doing is by taking away your right to eat in a restaurant, 
We're trying to modify your behavior. We're trying to get you to get the shot. We're not protecting health. We're trying to modify behavior. Basically, right. we're trying to make your life so miserable that you'll just give in. Yeah. Oh, nice well, and kudos to all of you who did not give in. And many of you are here and probably many of you know and love Tom Woods. I know many of our fans are your fans. And, you know, we have got to do better. And I know you're you're invested in helping people to do better, which is why I so much appreciate you and all your efforts to do so. I mean, there are a wide variety of ways that people are drawn into it. And I, you know, I can't be the only guy. You're not the only guy, but there are things that people resonate with. And like you said, the, you bring humor into everything, which is so much, so much light that we need right now with all the uh, darkness that we've come through. Um, if you go to diaryofcovid.com, everybody, and you buy the book, Diary of a Psychosis, you'll get a lot of free stuff. You get a lot of access to things that Tom does. And, you know, I was, I was thinking one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because I saw like a Facebook post recently, you were talking about going to the gym and succeeding at things. And you had something that you tried to do last year and you didn't succeed. And you were talking about being able to upfront talk to your daughters about it. And it's like, that's great. We need to teach, you know, that we learn through not succeeding all of the time as well. And that you also had these methods, these numbered methods. And I'm, I'm thinking for Super Don right now, he's, he's on a big shift with his wife for the new year. You know, if you can give us some tips, if you're willing to sneak preview some of them for the audience of how to succeed and whatever your goals are in the coming year. Well, I did just close the doors on my uh, goal setting program that I've launched for 2024. You know, it's interesting to look at the numbers. Far, far fewer people over 65 uh, make resolutions or set goals uh, than people in their 20s, and far fewer succeed in them when they do set them. And I think some of this has to do with uh, people get jaded over time. They, they've failed. They don't want to fail again. They don't like failing, so they mm -hmm. don't try. Now, the trouble with New Year's resolutions is that they're extremely vague and imprecise and not actionable. They're things like, I'm going to be a better person. Well, what does that mean? You know, like, well, what that could be? I don't want the word be in it at all. I want an action verb in there. Mm -hmm. what, tell me what you're going to do. Or, you know what, I'm going to get in better health. Great. But that could mean anything. What does that mean in terms of what you eat, um, how you're moving around, um, what you're reading about to become more knowledgeable. I want specific. So it's got to be, if you're going to set a goal for yourself, it's got to be specific. It can't just be, otherwise it's a wish or a fantasy. So it's got to be specific. You've got to be able to measure it in some way so you can see if you're getting closer and closer. And also so you can celebrate your little victories on the way. Because I, I think you should celebrate little victories because it makes you feel better about yourself and it makes you more determined to continue on. Um, you want to make sure that they have some kind of time dimension. So if let's say you're, you, you want to, uh, you want to run a, be able to run a 5K. Well, then say to yourself, I'm going to prep so that I'm ready to run a 5K five months from now. Mm -hmm. So there's a time dimension. So it's not sometime between now and the end of the world. <laughs> you know, we, we want to have some time dimension. But also, maybe it's a habit you want to acquire, not just for six months from now, but for, you know, your whole life. But still, then you still want a time dimension. Like, um, yeah. I'm going to study the piano uh, three days a week with a piano instructor, like something like that. Or I'm going to take, I'm going to do the first three chapters of this Teach Yourself Piano book in the next four weeks. So, so that it's, it's super, it's not just, I'd like to play the piano. Yeah. Not specific enough. Right. Okay. And then, you know, and, but, you know, was one other thing, though, in there? A lot of times there's this model SMART. Uh, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. But mm -hmm. 
I like to modify with Michael Hyatt. I like to modify the the realistic, make it risky instead. Because realistic, you might wind up undershooting where you could really be. You know, maybe take a little risk. Maybe set a goal that's a little bit beyond where you think you could get. Mm -hmm. And you just might hit it. Whereas if you set it too low, you know, maybe you're you're cheating yourself. So so my folks who join this thing, we are looking forward to 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 hacking this scientifically with this system so that by the end of 2024 we can say we are in a different place from where we were when we started. Beautiful. Well, I thank you for giving the tips even though we're not in the club. <laughs> you're you're very Robert, kind. Robert, I feel like you and I have been in the same club metaphorically for a long time. <laughs> Yes, yes, we have. And by the way, you bumped Bolden today, just so you know, uh, Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center. I was like, there's no room for you, Bolden. We got Tom Woods today. Sorry, buddy. Oh, uh, that's funny. We, Yeah, he was looking forward to ha having you on the show as well. And uh, he appears in the chat room regularly, and it's just so much fun. He throws those little snarky comments that just make it all the more interesting as well. So we, we give that shout out to our, our brother, Michael Bolden. Uh, so again, diary of covid.com uh, are there other programs that this will access you know again you we talk about the goal setting thing that's one thing but you do so much i don't know how you do it all uh you're very you're obviously very, much better than me at time management and things uh so are there other things people can tap into once they get the book and and the free book as well well on that page i've got um i've got two free books so you get one book you get two for free can't can't beat that and i mm -hmm. know that your audience like mine, we're readers. And no sooner have we finished one book than we've bought two more. Well, this is easy. You buy this one, I give you the two more. <laughs> They're already in there. But so once you do that, then yes, after you, um, you know, you, you got to download the books. But once you do that, yeah, you get taken to a page where I'll show you some other things that I do that, that, mm -hmm. can, that can help. I started a program uh, at the urging of a guy named Jay Abraham, who's one of the top executive coaches in America. And he said, you should start the Tom Woods School of Life. And the idea of the School of Life is that we are in in the U.S. and I think in many places of the world, we're really under siege. Like, it's not even just the medical establishment. It's like every institution is against us. I mean, it's the universities, it's the media, it's entertainment, uh, propaganda 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our money is losing its value. Um, our states turned into uh, little tyrannies on us, uh, just like that. How do you survive? Or, or, or we lost our livelihoods and careers just on a, on a dime. So I built something for people who feel like, you know, I've listened to all the podcasts. I've read all the books. I have all the information. What I don't have is what I'm supposed to do. What is the next thing that I should do for my health? How do I find a physician who's going to speak sense to me and not just be a pharmaceutical salesman? Right. How do I find a town to live in that isn't going to ruin my life? Uh, <laughs> how do I homeschool my kids when I am absolutely convinced I can't do that? Uh, and all these kinds of questions. What do I do with my money other than sitting here watching it lose value? You know, so all these kinds of questions. How do I protect myself against being canceled because I had the wrong opinion? Hmm. So it's for what do we who live in a hostile world, what do we do uh, about it? You know, what do we do about it? How do we, what are practical things that can allow us not just to survive, but actually get the best revenge of all and actually thrive in a hostile world? So if you go to diaryofcovid.com, you opt in and get the free books, then you get taken to a page where I'm going to give you two free months of that program. Oh, nice. Now, I, I remember you had, if I'm not mistaken, 
uh, contributed as well to the Ron Paul homeschool curriculum some years back. Oh, my gosh. It, it makes me exhausted even to hear the words Ron Paul curriculum after all the work I put in. <laughs> it took yes. me two years. But, yeah, I created hundreds of videos for the Ron Paul homeschool program. Mostly it's it, I, my videos are for the, the high school age. But the, the idea of, of that, ronpaulhomeschool.com, that's the website for that. The idea of that is when Dr. Paul left Congress, he felt like, well, I don't want to just retire. So, of course, he has his show. But he wanted to do something lasting that would stand the test of time. And he has sometimes said that he feels like his one of his biggest legacies is the homeschool program. It's a self-taught program, video-based. from Basically, from fourth or fifth grade on, it's completely self-taught, and it can just run on autopilot. The students help each other, and it teaches real history, real Western civilization, real course on government. Um, the courses on literature and history track each other. Mm. So as you're learning the history of a period, your literature course is teaching you the literature. I mean, I don't know of anybody that really does it that way. So, But you're also learning practical things. You're not just learning basket weaving. We don't teach anything like that. We teach... Um, how to be an effective public speaker. How's that for a skill you'd like to have? Mm -hmm. Or how to start a home business. Um, you know, these sorts of practical things. How to manage your money. You think teenagers could stand to learn how to manage their money? Nobody teaches them that in school. So we wanted to teach the kinds of things that in a normal society people would be taught. So that's ronpaulhomeschool.com. Yeah, we have a number of families that are utilizing that for their kids right now. So I just want to acknowledge that. And good that my memory was still clear enough to remember that that was a big effort on your part to put that out, help put that out. Uh -huh. uh, speaking of, of Ron Paul, he's endorsed my friend, uh, Jonathan Emord. I don't know if you've ever met Jonathan Emord for the United States Senate in Virginia, his run uh, to displace and, and replace Tim Kaine. Uh, he's also oh, written no, a number I'm of not books. I'm with him, but I, I would like to replace Tim Kaine. Yes. Uh, his book here, uh, The Authoritarians, uh, is a brilliant uh, historical perspective on the progressive era of the 19th century to today, how we got here. Oh. Uh, you would really enjoy this. I should check that out. Thank you, Robert. I'll yeah, check that out. Yeah, no, I know how much you don't love to read. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a subheadline of the authoritarians, their assault on individual liberty, the Constitution, and free enterprise from the 19th century to the present. And wow. so uh, Ron Paul and, and also Barry Goldwater Jr. have endorsed his candidacy. And that, you know, Ron doesn't endorse many people, as you know, no? even before the primary. And uh, Jonathan wrote a number of uh, pieces of legislation for Ron when he was in uh, Congress as well and uh, had some, some play even in some other things. I'd love to see him in the United States Senate. I realized that one man or one woman in any position of elected office is not going to be the thing, but I won't discount people of integrity that know the constitution like Jonathan Emor being in there of being not any benefit at all. I think it's significant uh, if he were there with Rand Paul and, and Mike Lee and others uh, strength. And of course his knowledge base in tackling things like the FDA, FTC, all the oligarchy, if you will, that exists is quite unique because he's beaten them in court more than any other attorney. Yet when he found out, the FDA, the eighth time he beat the FDA, he got a call from their attorney and, and said, congratulations, Jonathan, you've done what everybody said was impossible. But I just want to let you know that the FDA will never comply with the court's orders. And he was like, wait a second, you can't, you have to, you, you can't, you don't understand. He said the power structure in the FDA is more powerful than even the courts and we won't comply. And that's when he decided for the sake of him, his kids and, and this country that he had to do more. It wasn't enough to beat them in court. And that's why he decided to run uh, for the United States Senate to displace Tim Kaine in Virginia. So he's a good guy. I've known him for 
approaching 30 years now. So it's not a track record that I would go, oh, I, I met him a month ago. So that's why I, I fully endorse his candidacy. Well, you know what, Robert? I mean, it's true that he would be in very much a minority, but sometimes the minority can get more attention than the majority. Because if we get another senator repeating the same talking points that everybody else repeats, mm-hmm. that doesn't make for very interesting viewing. But yeah. if somebody gets to that microphone and has a, a one-minute bit about the truth about X, Y, or Z, truth yes. the truth that nobody else in that hall is going to repeat, well, suddenly that gets all around everywhere. Exactly. And so you can have a disproportionate effect even if there's only one of you. Like in the old days, it was just Ron Paul. And right. so you would have votes in Congress that would be 434 to 1, over and over and over. Ron Paul voted in the as the one, standing alone, more than all other congressmen of his day combined. Probably all in history, I would think. Yeah. And so, but doesn't that make you, if it's 435 to nothing, you don't even think about it. But it's 434 to one. Don't you wonder who's that one? And what was he thinking? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? That's what the the one person can get outsized attention because what is this one? Who does this one person think he is? (laughs) Exactly. Well, and those are those folks that, uh, you know, I've really been drawn to in my lifetime, you know, for those exact reasons, like what is it that they might know that I don't know that they're willing to stand against everybody and everything. And and then we get into something called consensus, reality by consensus or science by consensus. And then it becomes a, you know, a democratic vote. If 51% believe something, it becomes real. And the 49% are not in touch with reality. Uh, you know, the, the, the old adage about uh, democracy being what uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. I kind of modified that for my holistic o- uh, audience and said, it's, it's two oncologists and a homeopath voting on what to do for your cancer. Uh, it's same thing. You don't have a, ch- you don't have a choice or a chance in, in right. that. And that's why democracy is not something we really strive for or consensus. Reality is not really uh, you know, a, a true guidepost to what is right or wrong or what works and doesn't. Well, let me give you an example of somebody who was in the minority, but precisely because she was in the minority and because she had views that were out of the mainstream, she got attention. So there's a woman in Ohio named Catherine Hewig, and she was following this COVID matter like like uh, nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And she managed to get, and I tell the story in Diary of a Psychosis. She gets into the Ohio legislature and is able to testify. And what she brings with her is a graph of health outcomes over time in Ohio. And she says, now, given that we were told that these interventions that drastically disrupted people's lives, to put it mildly, were super effective and they saved a lot of lives and we absolutely had to do them, whereas if everybody gathers for Thanksgiving, that's going to be terrible and we're going to lose a lot of lives. What I've done here on this graph is I've marked out deaths over time, but I haven't marked the months because you legislators must know the months. I'm sure it'll be obvious from the graph. There must be a huge spike around Thanksgiving time, so that'll be easy for you to find. Can you tell me where Thanksgiving is on this graph? (laughs) Can you tell me where the mask mandate went into effect? Because that must have had a huge effect, making people walk around looking like automatons. That must have had a huge effect to, to, to ask for such an invasive intervention. I'm sure we saw the numbers fall dramatically. Point that out to me on the graph. Now, that's awesome. That's I would kill to do that, Robert. But mm-hmm. she did it. She went in there. And, of course, none of them have an answer. None of them have an answer. So, yeah, you could have 100 people coming in and, and droning on about the effectiveness of masks. But that doesn't make for an interesting clip. Nobody's going to watch that. But if you have an ordinary woman 
-hmm. in Ohio who comes in there with a chart and demands that they show her these points on it and not one of them can. She's only one person, they're 100, but she's the only person anybody cares about. Another reason why you want to get Tom Wood's latest book, Diary of a Psychosis, and also the two free books that come along with it when you get it. And it's at diaryofcovid.com, diaryofcovid.com. We have it linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com, making it real easy. You just click the link if you can't remember what I've told you. Just here in the show notes on the 29th of December, 2023, the final live broadcast of the Robert Scott Bell Show in the calendar year 2023. 23. And stunningly enough, I don't know if I should, I don't feel old, but when you think about 25 years now, I'm on my 25th year of broadcasting. That's just bizarre to think that at all, you know? And it's like, how, how the heck did we get here? Well, I, and I, I don't know how long this has been because I, I have followed you only since like around 2010, but have you always had the Robert Scott Bell show? Have you always had that part of your intro? Yeah, before the before you you came on board when I was uh, syndicated nationally, that all came to be. I was when I started in 1999 in Atlanta. It was a humble little show uh, called Jumpstart Your Health, and eventually the network when I got picked up for syndication said mm, that's too generic. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. They always name people the show for some reason. That wasn't my idea, and then it just kind of grew from there. Thanks to Super Don as well. Back in well, I started in 05. I think that's when it really officially started that that name. Uh, but, but then, I mean, super, no, I mean that voice, you know, like the slowed down the Robert Scott Bell show. Like I, I think right. myself, I want that for the Tom Woods show. I want that. You need, yeah, you need Super Don to help you out. He can, he can hook <laughs> you up with all of that. He's amazing. Let me bring him in. Super D, do you enjoy Tom Woods as much as I do? I don't. He was dreading you being on the show today. I think. I don't. No, not really. Of course. I think he's low when Tom Woods is on. We don't have him on enough. I know he's not busy <clears> at all. So that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the slow down deep voice of Casey Keating mm-hmm. uh, was something that I instituted in 2005. So before that, it was kind of, you know, the Robert Scott Bill show. Yeah, it was, you know, I, look, I opened flutes and with, violins and crap like that. It's like, what is this? Back in the day, Tom, before he got a hold of it and went rock and roll. Well, listen, one of your taglines was, uh, what was it? Uh, Rock in the health world. Rock yes. in the health world. And I, I started listening. I, when I first started working on Robert's show, I was just like, we're not rocking anything here. What is this? This isn't rock. We, we, we got to get some rock in here. So, Robert, you mind if I tell you just about um, an email I got not long ago? I think you'll find it interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever get emails like this, but I was really surprised. Somebody on my mailing list, I had written about something having to do with Moderna some bad thing having to do with Moderna and my outrage about it. And the person wrote and said, I can't believe you're still on this. Most of us have moved on and are enjoying our lives. This Mm -hmm. is exactly what he said. You know, maybe maybe you should do the same, you know? So, and, and, and I thought to myself, I'm actually pretty happy enjoying my life. I think I'm probably happier than a guy who emails a stranger (laughs) to tell him, (laughs) stop talking about Moderna, you know? (laughs) But, but I thought to myself, yeah, I can imagine some people saying, look, this is old news, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have to move on to other subjects. And I do write about other subjects in my, my newsletter, sure. too. But I feel like, could you imagine Thomas Jefferson saying, well, the government uh, carried out a great evil, but just get over it? I mean, <laughs> can you imagine that? And when has that ever worked for us? Oh, just get over it. That's can't never we, worked. Can we just so, move on? No. I mean, the thing is, it isn't that we're clinging to it. But recognizing that if we forget, if we allow it to be erased from history and rewritten, that was, you know, the problem I said with my own discovery is like, my gosh, they they erased and rewrote history. 
And I was a victim of that, the, yeah. the illusion of what I thought was real and what didn't actually happen that way or happen at all. Right. And so right. I, I think to your point, and yes, we do sometimes get folks that do that. In fact, recently we had a critique. It's like, uh, in addition to me talking too much, okay, that's another story for another day. Uh, you know, it's like, do you have to keep coming back to some of these stories? And I said, well, there are new people always coming on board to learn. And it's not just for all of our, our old timers that are part of the family that I do this show. We're always reaching out to new new ones. And also uh, another critique, and we'll, we'll cover this more in the bonus round, but I'll bring it up here briefly, is like, can't you just stick to health and not talk politics? And I'm like, yeah. well, I don't really indulge. I do more political heavy talk with Jonathan E. Moore because, you know, we you know, he's engaged in that as well. But this show is fundamentally about health freedom or medical freedom or a combination of the two. And there's an intersection to a lot of things, including politics, which is why this is not just a show about what to do when you stub your toe. Right. We, you can't avoid it. Yeah. And it was hard to categorize what I do still to this day. People are like, what kind of show is that? You yeah. tune in. I'm not sure. I could be offended. I didn't expect. I was thought I would learn something, you know. So it's 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 a challenge to do what we do because it's not one thing. It's a little bit of everything. Well, and the, the problem is, in the past, we've let things go where uh, we haven't done enough to correct the record, and then some ridiculous version of events then solidifies into the reality. So I would be very unhappy mm -hmm. if 20 years from now, everybody growing up thought, oh, well, they had this big crisis 20-plus years ago, and all the stupid people refused to listen to the experts who, who selflessly guided us through this dangerous pandemic with their carefully constructed interventions. If that is the conventional wisdom... I don't think I can live with that. So, yeah. so the point is, I want to, I want to have something that just puts it all together. And also, mm -hmm. frankly, even though we live in Florida, so my kids didn't weren't deprived the way a lot of kids were, I still didn't go out of my way to tell them all about the miseries going on around the world because, frankly, I want them to have nice childhoods. Yeah, exactly. You know, they can have their heads ground in the dirt when they're adults, but I just <laughs> want them to have a nice childhood. But right. this is what they can read, and and, and, and to say, this is what happened. Yeah. Like they did this and then this and then this. And so likewise, 15 years ago, Robert, just before you and I met, or I guess 14 years ago, I wrote uh, Meltdown. That was a book about the 2008 Remember. financial crisis because I wanted to point out, you know, we have an institution called the Federal Reserve that might have had the tiniest thing to do with this because I did not want that just to be, oh, well, that's the way capitalism is. Are you really not going to talk about the institution that creates the money and credit? Come on. And so I did now that doesn't that didn't single handedly change things, but at least people looking for a dissident take on it can mm -hmm. find it. Yeah. Have you plugged in at all to the goldbacks, Tom? This is to me is a, a nice option when cash dis they destroy the cash, the Federal Reserve note. So you think I'll I'll evade those CBDCs because I'll spend cash until they make it. You can't buy anything with it. And the goldbacks are an innovative solution because the gold's in the note. Yeah, I have some of them. Right? Yeah, I definitely have some of them. I, I'm skeptical. I feel, I'm still white-pilled enough to think they're mm -hmm. not going to get away with it. Yeah, so I understand. I yeah, going to be uh, a, a widespread refusal to adopt it. Yeah, then, I think that they have done a good job, as any, of learning from everybody that's tried things in the past. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's legal tender in now five states, which is pretty impressive. My son gets paid in gold back, so he's he's doing well. Like I taught him to be paid in real money and not the fake stuff. And, uh, yeah, there are risks associated with it. But I can go to the, the local Ace Hardware and I buy stuff in gold backs. And it's like changing the habits of people before you need to is like not waiting to grow food when you're hungry. 
you know, that we've got to change the habits. How do we maintain privacy, the concept of cash? And I think that's a, 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 at least at this point, a viable option among hopefully many. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what what the market provides. But in in some parts of the world, particularly in Europe, it's it is a little bit discouraging to see that the war on cash has proceeded as far as it has. I mean, there are some places where it's it's very very hard to pay cash for things, and of course they you know why they don't want you to pay cash because it's 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 untrackable, mm-hmm. and these are these are control freaks, Robert. Who you may yeah. know. Yeah, well, we don't want to comply. Uh, and resistance is not futile. And you wrote the book on nullification as well. And, uh, you know, I, I think about nullifying their uh, mandates, their edicts, et cetera. But how do you do it? And I'm always open to creative ideas and supporting those innovations. And let's see where it goes. But let's put it into practice. Let's not wait until we have to. Right. And that's the point of uh, changing habits. And that was part of the new year, heading into the new year. And that's why I wanted to have you, your insight as well into some of the things people can do. Do you have any events? I know you host an event at least once a year for your, your listeners and things. Are there any other things you'll be out speaking anywhere? Uh, I'm doing much less of that and spending more time with family or using the travel time just to enjoy myself and with my wife and kids, which is, I think, more or less the headspace I'm in these days. Nice. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. I really do. And it's so nice to have a finale to the to this old year almost uh, with you. And, and I think people are uplifted and, and genuinely, uh, I, I think there are ways out of the mess. And this is the kind of thing I like to focus on. And Tom, I can always count on you. If, I, if, I, if I'm feeling down, I'll bring you in and just lighten it back up. You're a good man, Robert. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. All right, Tom, remember, everybody go, diaryofcovid.com, diaryofcovid.com. Get the book, Diary of a Psychosis, and you'll get two free books on top of it, and you'll get plugged into a whole larger world that uh, is really uplifting and and, uh, exciting to engage in. And you don't have to be indulging in fear-mongering anymore. Just what I'm saying. Anyway, we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing coming up on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, we got, I got a question of the day. I'm going to hit that about Lyme disease. Somebody is asking me about. Also, the homeopathic hit of the day relates to intense emotions like anger or fear. So if you're feeling that, I've got a remedy for you as well. The homeopathic hit of the day coming up and more after this because the power to heal is yours. All right. This hour, we have a first time guest, Jeremy Slate, scheduled to join us shortly. And uh, we'll be covering uh, the Command Your Brand uh, website. He's got to create your own life podcast as well. He's interviewed a lot of cool people, some of which we've interviewed, too. Always happy to learn more perspectives and get, uh, like I said, the, the kind of information that's more uplifting, engaging one that's not destructive. Even if we have to cover some tough topics from time to time, that's just the nature of when we talk about healing anything, whether it be our bodies mind, spirit, or systems, political systems, et cetera. Uh, so we'll get that uh, to that as well. Once again, thanks to Tom Woods in hour one. It's great to to uh, uh, catch up with him. Hope you enjoyed that. I know mom's out there. Hi, mom. She enjoyed Tom Woods as well. And we've got you know more coming up in the new year. Lots of stuff. I know Super Don's been pushing me to do the detox dialogues as well as the homeopathic hits that we initiated in calendar year 2023. Uh, as we were wrapping up the uh uh, 2023 broadcast, live broadcast. I uh, just want to express my heartfelt 
gratitude for all of you that have been here, whether it be a short time or you've been here for years. Uh, also, we have a special thank you, uh, the end of the year spectacular, which will be tomorrow, the 29th. Is it or we're at the 29th today? Yeah, the, the 30th. So it'll be Saturday, the 30th of December, our Zoom AMA or Ask Me Anything for our Patreon supporters. And I've got some special guests lined up as well. You'll be able to ask questions. We'll be giving away all kinds of good stuff. Many of you have gotten more uh, just than you, you know, give through Patreon. And I'm happy to be able to do that thanks to some key sponsors uh, like Nutritional Frontiers who have, you know, sensational products, including the things I'm using every day, uh, like their uh, the lozenges, the NRDMG, the counteract, the glyphosate that you, we're all exposed to. Even if we're all organic, there's some inadvertent exposure. So we travel with those. We have those as well as I really love their super creatine. I've been able to put on like five pounds of muscle mass when, you know, at the top level of fitness at my age, we're doing pretty well. I couldn't put on weight, muscle weight. I'll get on that enter. Well, the in this case, the super creatine, which is a formula that's more comprehensive than just creatine, which is the first time I was willing to ever try it because of that. They understood metabolically, isolating creatine is not a good way to go. But in combination with other things, it's tr- tremendous, tremendous. Uh, also, shout out to Cardio Miracle, one of the, the greatest things we've ever encountered. Many of you are benefiting as well in, in many ways, including Super Don and his wife. Uh, we love and appreciate the Cardio Miracle we get to take every day and the fitness that it's been able to allow me to even get higher on that fitness scale, running around 30-somethings and 20-somethings. It's amazing. Uh, also, uh, Folium PX. Folium products, Bob Ray Oren, I've asked him to, to drop in uh, the, the Zoom tomorrow as well to answer your questions about it because uh, people are having tremendous response of breaking through the ceiling in their healing. When you have hit that wall and you're like, I don't know what, I'm doing the same thing, I'm not getting anywhere, get on the Folium products, foliumpx.com. And uh, Super Don, if you could put that image up, uh, this is the best deal he's ever done. I didn't I didn't know he's going to do this. I don't think he did. I, but in the spirit of the holidays, he says, special for the RSB show audience. Buy a pair of both or a pair of either one of the Folium products and get one bottle of any of them for free. You got the the Folium PX, which is the original, Folium Immuno, and Folium Relax. A buy two, get one free? Good Lord, that's never been done. So you can do that between now and December 31st, 10 p.m. Pacific time. So you got until 1 a.m. on the new year in the East Coast time zone. So heads up on that. Take advantage of that Folium deal as well. Also, remember the Trinity School of Natural Health is going to be cranking up the Health Freedom Expo virtual version, February 17th and 18th, uh, two two days. You can see and hear everything you couldn't do. For three months, you'll have. And it's a great deal as well. And please consider joining the Trinity family as like almost 1,300 of you have in the, in the last year, in this last year. Very exciting. Body, mind, spirit, education, and now available in Spanish language as well. So we've got a lot of cool things that are happening, have happened and are happening, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Announcements-wise, Super Don. I've got the homeopathic hit this hour. Uh, we've got a new guest, uh, Jeremy Slate, joining us in a few minutes as well. Uh, do we have to visit this? I guess, do you call them dumb tweets? Is that mean to say that? I mean, it's not unprecedented that people will put out really dumb tweets, but this particular tweet is coming from a presidential candidate. I guess you go, oh, that's par for the course too, Robert. Who is it? Well, in this case, it's Marianne Williamson. And I think she was the author of Course in Miracles. She's kind of a new agey thing. Listen, I don't discriminate. It's like if you're into it or not, that's fine. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna love you no matter what. But the the point is of the thinking, is it right or wrong? And in this case, I would have to say Marianne Williamson, at least on this, and she's been on this and a few other things. I would have to say, and I'm not being insulting. Maybe I am to rocks, but dumb as a rock. Here you go. It's up on the screen now. Millions of Americans have long COVID. We shouldn't forget this. Okay, no issue with that. You know, and again, we can define and argue about what long COVID is. In fact, we are going to, we are putting right together a summit associated with the long COVID or long whatever. These symptoms that are not, Get going away easily or if at all, the lingering. And so there'll be a big push in the first quarter of this coming year that I'll be interviewing a lot of folks on this subject. So millions of Americans live long COVID. We shouldn't forget it. So that's not the dumb part. So go full screen. To help stop the spread, Marianne Williamson, presidential candidate, says high quality masks should be freely available to everyone and required in healthcare settings. Plus, we must, well, I should pause there. High quality mask. What is a high quality mask? The only high quality mask that can stop the spread of anything, if you believe in the spread of things via germ theory, is a hermetically sealed, self-contained breathing apparatus. In other words, you have to live in a bubble with your own oxygen supply completely filtered from the outside world. Now, that's not a guarantee because you have microbes in you too. We all do. And they can go, let's say, awry, become pathogenic, not because we caught them, but because we've damaged and harmed ourselves through improper eating, not hydrating enough, or running in fear of any germ that they claim is real, imagined, or engineered. That will do a lot more to diminish your immune system than breathing the air and being exposed to things that you think are causing disease when they're not really the cause of disease. So bring that back up. So the the mask that she's arguing for doesn't exist unless you put everybody in a bubble, uh, hermetically sealed, of course. Plus, she says we must improve indoor air quality across the country. And I don't have a problem with that statement. So it's not an all or none scenario. I will give credit for things that are no problem and then help provide health care for those afflicted. Now, the health care Marianne Williamson would propose is, of course, more Medicare, more Medicaid, more pharmaceutical interventions, even though she might. I don't know her position on natural medicine. I think it would probably be supportive. But the idea that we should have the government provide it is a disaster because it's destroyed what's good about if there is some things and there are of modern medicine by making it mandatory and the coverage being required health care despite what marianne williamson and other collectivists believe is not a right i i know you'd like it to be it's like housing and food none of these are rights rights are something you're born with and cannot be separated from now your rights can be violated and in fact, the, the violation of your right is going to occur in a mandatory health care scenario, whether it be Obamacare or something more totalitarian, to force you into receiving the only care that is not very caring and doesn't involve health. That is a pharmaceutical model of intervention via injection, prevention injections, they call them vaccines, whether they are or not, and then treatment with toxic poisons including surgical interventions when not necessary. Think hysterectomies. You women with your, 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 your uterus, did God make a mistake? You'd just be so willing, oh, yeah, take it on out. It's miserable. And while we're in there, we'll take out your ovaries too. Men, would you be so willing to give up your testes? They say, hey, preventive testicular removal because you have a gene mutation. 
How many men are signing up for that? Yeah, just take them. I don't need them. I don't want them. Women, stop being victims of allopathic, matriarchal, no, patriarchal, male-dominated destruction of the beauty, the uniqueness that makes you a woman. And the idea that we can deliver Marianne Williamson healthcare by mandate, by fiat, by calling it a right, a right is not something you can exert if you have to violate somebody, somebody's other, somebody other's rights in the process. That by definition is now a tort. It's a, it's a crime. It's like a doctor, you have to give me health care because it's my right. Gunpoint medicine, if you will. And the gunpoint medicine is not just pointing at the doctor that forces the doctor then because it's your right to get it, but it's also forcing a gun on you to accept the only form that is sanctioned by a centralized bureaucracy. Modern medicine, pharmaceutical medicine owns and controls the government and many governments of the Western world. You go to Canada, it's the same thing. They have a single payer socialized system. But if you want homeopathy and naturopathy and, you know, the things that are not toxic, is that going to cover you? No, that's coming out of pocket. Yeah. So, so I guess healthcare is a right only if it's pharmaceutical. Marion Williamson, just asking. All right, Super Don, real quick, uh, your perspective on Marion Williamson's tweet. I know you've got a grandbaby there. It looks like not such a baby anymore uh, growing up, but uh, always curious as to your perspective. Uh, you brought this tweet to my attention for Marion Williamson. I just thought it was funny because she's yelled to, to stop the spread of long COVID. Yeah. Let's make masks available. And I'm like, you can't sneeze on somebody, give them long COVID. I mean, <laughs> that that's is- not how it works. Uh, you know, that's a symptom of COVID. Uh, once you or get COVID or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So it's it just, I don't know. You know, I, she's yeah. a, she's a likable person she's when a, she she's talks, like nice she's yeah. nice. You know, there are some things that she's in alignment with, with what it is that we talk about here on the show. Yeah. But she, yeah, no, no, not, not going to happen. And so. To your point, to emphasize the quote unquote long COVID, that isn't even an acute infection of any kind. That's no, now a lingering series yeah. of symptoms based on a number of, of controversies. So you're right. A mask doesn't prevent that. Even if you could try to argue that it prevents the other thing, which it, we know it doesn't much less anything else. So area with Marion Williamson, you're probably a nice person, but uh, you really have lost it on this and a few other issues we've talked about over the time. So anyway, we have a new guest on coming up. Super yes. Don. Never had on the show. Uh, we have a website or two that's connected. Uh, there's one called commandyourbrand.com. There's also his personal website, which is fascinating because you look at the, uh, the interviews he's done. Uh, Jeremy Ryan Slate dot com and it's up on the screen right now culture over politics politics is downstream from culture let's solve culture together and he's had a lot of conversations some of whom we've interviewed others we haven't and i'm curious uh, to find out what he's all about let's welcome jeremy slate to the robert scott bell show hey thank you so much for having me i'm i'm, I'm uh, stoked to spend some time with you today man yeah well hey you know what you are technically the finale of 2023 no pressure but it's our last live show till we start 2024 so uh, welcome Hey, I appreciate it. Like I had JP Sears on my podcast a couple of years ago. And when we, when I did the intro, he goes, don't screw this up. Both of our careers are depending on it. So, so I totally understand. <laughs> Great, yeah, that's, that's a classic JP, no pressure at all. So, uh, you know, according to your, your, your background here, you, you started this podcast with your wife, uh, the com- command your, uh, brand. So command your brands are our, our PR agency, um, okay. which, 
so I started the podcast back in, in 2015. Um, I had my master's in ancient history. I was a high school teacher for a couple of years and uh, the school I was in got rid of grades. So I was totally like unwilling to be a teacher anymore. And I went through a bunch of these um, entrepreneurial exploits until 2015. I started a podcast just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had 10,000 listens in our first month. So a lot of action early on. And the PR agency actually started in 2016 because we started p- having people say, hey, can you help me? And that, mm-hmm. that's really where uh, my wife and I ended up starting that back in 2016. Oh, very cool. So the podcast, though, again, I'm curious because I, I love the you've got your latest episodes up there. It's very easy to navigate. We could do better than that uh, than we're doing. Let me just say that I like the simplicity that you have there. Uh, various uh, topics and, and discussions as well uh, with uh, I don't know. Are you doing that on a weekly basis or how often? So we uh, do episodes uh, every Monday and Wednesday, and then the okay. audio version comes out on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we release like 80% of our episodes to YouTube. We have about 20% that we don't put on put on YouTube. Like uh, we've had Peter McCullough on, we've had Del yeah. Bigtree on, and those just won't last very long on YouTube. No, you get banned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, censorship is alive and well on certain social media platforms, including YouTube, which uh, not a big fan of. We got deplatformed there during COVID, of course, for disagreeing with the people who are wrong yeah who cdc fauci etc and uh you know even though we are right doesn't matter we can't have that we can't allow that to happen on our site so we've kind of had to obviously like a lot of us uh go out through different uh sites and now we've just been added to q streaming we have our whole own channel the robert scott bell show has its own channel on q streaming and people are watching through media and also through uh t- their television sets now and we've got thousands of hours so why not throw it up there and, and people might want to watch it that way as well well and it's gotten a lot harder on youtube for for anything health-based recently too. they had the partnership they did with the who recently as well so if anything you produce disagrees with the who you're you're in a lot of trouble and i know there's been a lot of um, you know, well-known doctors that are just saying, like, how am I supposed to do this? And I, I've even looked at a, a bunch of health channels on there. And if you look at, um, if you line up people's popular videos, when you go to the all videos tab, you can actually see what they typically used to get on videos. And you can see exactly when things changed. And you see their their traffic dropped to maybe like 25% what they used to be getting. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous because I don't know whoever decided these platforms can be the, the arbiter of truth. Yeah. So, uh Overcoming censorship, something I didn't think as an American we would ever have to do or deal with. And yet here we are, 2023, heading into 2024, and uh, censorship is still happening. And they call it, well, it's not censorship. We're protecting you from misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. And yet all three of those things are coming primarily from the mouthpieces in the government, uh, medicine, and media complex. And here we are breaking through or, you know, I've, I've been since 1999 in radio and also then it transitioned to podcasts over time as things went online. Uh, but never the level of censorship we'd seen until COVID hit and that perhaps woke everybody up for the better, but still, um, you know, that censorship industrial complex is not given up. Well, I think the bigger problem isn't the, the censorship industrial complex itself because they're very overt about it, right? Like they're, they're showing you, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take this thing away from you. But um, there was a conversation Owen Schroyer was talking about when he got released from prison recently. A lot of the guards were saying to him, like, hey, I love what you do. I support you. But, you know, I'm just doing my job. And I will be honest with you. It's the regular people that say I'm just doing my job. And they're the real problem, man, because you're you're permitting evil to continue. They're being overt. You're just going along with it. And I know for me um, back in in 2020, I, I made a lot of changes to what I was talking about. And I lost like half of my audience early on. But you know what? 
I'm doing what feels right to me. Um, I can look my kids in the face, you know, every day. And I think that's really important. But it's the people that say, hey, I'm just doing my job. Those are the ones that are doing a worse thing than those that are overtly, um, you know, doing what we know they're doing. That's a very uncomfortable reality, but I don't disagree with it because, you know, those are the people that aren't the nefarious schemers on the inside, but they are enabling those nefarious schemers on the inside to succeed where they would never succeed because, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I just got to keep going, put my head down because I need this for this reason. Any yes. reason you give, I don't think it's warranted when it comes to the, the abject death and enslavement of humanity to these agendas. Well, and that's what real courage is. Real courage is doing the right thing despite what you know may happen to you, right? And I think that's how change happens. That's how freedom continues to be. But it, it's doing the opposite. Like that, that's weak-minded and that's what permits evil to happen. You know, evil happens because good men do nothing. That, that's mm -hmm. exactly why it occurs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so as you uh, are continuing on with the public relations, you're saying you're helping people to get, get out there. I was just you know mentioning to Tom Woods, he didn't even know about it. Uh, my buddy, Jonathan Emord, he's running for the United States Senate in Virginia. I'm like, dude, this guy is, you know, endorsed by Ron Paul. If you know the purity yeah. of Ron Paul in this regard is like, this guy needs to be out there. And, uh, you know, he's going up against Tim Kaine. That's George Soros money. And uh, he could still win. I believe that with all my heart or I wouldn't be investing in this. Uh, for the benefit of all of us, not just those in Virginia, but anything that you can do. I'm just saying, please, ideas, insights, what we can do to get the word out, because there's a man who's worthy of being in there to to not be purchased, swayed or otherwise away from the Constitution. Well, you know what I've actually been surprised with? We've had a lot of success on Reddit, believe it or not, which is the thing a lot of people got away from a number of years ago. There's a bunch of good Reddit threads that we've been able to get our content out with. So even though we've had YouTube suppress videos, we've been able to post in places like Reddit and um, Telegram and things like that and bring in external traffic to kind of pump things up. So at the same okay. time, a lot of the things that used to work um, are working again because the platforms are really focusing on centralization rather than things outside of it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's where we've seen success is actually doing a lot of the old methods that have been successful again because big tech's really forgotten about them. They just don't care as much. Reddit. Superdon, do you remember Reddit? That, I hardly knew it still existed. That's a fascinating little thing we're learning from Jeremy here that some of the old school I, stuff. I actually again. still use it personally. Do you? I, I use it actually as part of my show prep because you'll oh, there find. There we go. Yeah, you'll find stories. Uh, people will share stories and, and things like that that you won't find uh, other places. And it's a, a lot of it is in real time, too, um, mm -hmm. you know, versus waiting for something to show up on, you know, Drudge Report or something like that. Uh, the Reddit or Reddit, it, it, it's kind of like it, it reminds me of like Twitter, which is a good or, or X now, I guess, mm. uh, where it's in a lot of that stuff's in real time. And you got a community on Reddit that is chiming in and then, you know, and, and a part of the conversation as well. So it is a really good platform, but you're right. It, it you know, Reddit was a thing. Um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, um, but it's never gone away. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's something I, I I get notifications on my phone all the time from Reddit. Well, even from a reach perspective, like we had Dinesh D'Souza on not too long ago um, talking about his new film, Police State. And mm. he's got over two million followers on uh, on Twitter. Um, he tweeted the video out a few times um, and our, our YouTube channel only got like 100 views from it because Twitter suppresses people seeing those things. Mm. Whereas we put out a, a, a video we did recently uh, with Dr. Olga Ravasi. She actually used to work in the, the State Department. And we did it about like, you know, like who actually is controlling the world and who's actually who we should be concerned about. I put it in in a thread in Reddit, I think it, uh, Reddit, and I think it got like maybe 3,600 impressions on Reddit. 
And that got us hundreds of views. So the mm -hmm. actual impressions you had to get to get views was way lower, which is, is it's, you know, these platforms are, are built on external links, whereas Twitter and Facebook and places like that, they, they want to, no matter who's running them, they want to keep you on their platform. They don't want you to leave. Right. Hmm. So maybe Super D, we need to put some of our show info out on Reddit. <laughs> I have an account. I, you know, I just, I never spent the time to really get in there and know all, all the ins and outs on exactly how to use it because it's like, I, I, my brain can only handle so many different platforms, you know, before you're just like, well, there's this one and this one and this one and this one. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's always been a good one. I learned a lot about uh, how to use chat GPT on Reddit. Ah. Yeah. Because there's, you know, people, they just have ideas and, and tips and tricks and things that you just you aren't seeing anywhere else or hearing anywhere else. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right. Well, do you have some upcoming slates of interesting guests in the new year already planned? Um, we have, um, I'm gosh, trying to think of who we have coming on in January. Um, we have General Flynn is coming back on. Um, we have, who else do we have in January coming on? Um, sorry, I'm just scrolling through my content calendar here because my team puts this up. That's what me. I would have to do too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, who else do we have? We have Brandon Strock is coming on to talk about January 6th. So, mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a, a very exciting month coming up for us and it's, we've, we've had an exciting year. And, you know, I, I think the really important thing is exposing the narratives people aren't talking about, but should be talking about. I, I think that's what it comes down to, because people are making choices based on the information um, that they have. My, my wife and I were listening to uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the podcast No Agenda. It's hosted by Adam Curry, the guy who invented podcasting. Mm -hmm. And they played a supercut of, um, you know, different channels like MSNBC and CNN and things like that, saying things about President Trump none of which were true. But if people, if low information voters watch those things, they take right. them at face value. And I think it comes to getting information out so people can actually know real data and make choices. So to me, I want to talk about the stories that people need to know from people that have been there and experienced it firsthand, not somebody else's opinion of it. Beautiful. Now you have something else I want to share with the audience. It's in the show notes today at robertsgatbell.com. And it goes into that, you know, new year. People think new me, new this, new that, you know, I want to do something positive. You have a book out and we have it linked up. It's called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. Ignite your passion to go from passive observer to creator of your own life. I'm thinking timely, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I look at it as, you know, I think we're all essentially born unremarkable. It's the things we do that make us extraordinary, right? You may have people that come into wealth, but they're going to lose it. It's really about like who you are and what you do that makes you extraordinary. So if you look at um, it, it's based on the thousands of conversations I've had and a, and a few people that I just admire. Like I, I talk about Tom Brady a lot in the book and he's not somebody I've interviewed, but if you look at him, you know, barely starts his senior year of high school, um, has to fight to be the starter at Michigan in, in college, his senior year drafted in the sixth round of the NFL. And he becomes probably the greatest quarterback of all time because you know what he did? You know what he did, Robert? He watched more film. He practiced harder. He practiced longer. And I think if you're willing to put in the time, willing to put in the effort and willing to, you know, work through things, you can become a lot better. I'm, I'm a big um, kind of anti self-help book person because I think they are all just kind of blowing smoke up your butt. I'm somebody that's about hard work and learning skill sets and things like that. And and this is really what I've learned firsthand from people that have done it. You know, World Series champions, Super Bowl champions, um, even the My Pillow guy. You know, what makes you successful? And what makes you able to really build something incredible? So, is this something that it, you know we talk about the realm of self help books, and they can be really annoying and and you know just 
I like to say uh, it's a self-help book for people that hate self-help books. It's about okay. like, what should I actually be doing? Not how right. should I be thinking? Not what should I be mm-hmm. saying in the mirror 27 times? It's what should I be doing? <laughs> right. So it's got practical, pragmatic yes. tips yeah, you can yes. put into play. All right. Yes. This is exactly what this successful person did at this point in their life. This is the path they followed. And these are the questions I asked them around it so you can apply it to. Very good. Now, are you doing any uh, tours and promote? I know the book's been out since April, but um, like, are you going out and speaking anything or is it all just focused on podcasting and reach that way? Well, now it's all focused on podcasting. We did our tour kind of earlier this year. Um, you know, we hit a bunch of st- places in the States, um, traveled to, to Thailand and did some stuff there, but, you know, uh, traveled to Mexico. But now we're just kind of uh, still doing the podcast circuit on it. Thailand picked up the book on Remarkable. That's amazing. We published it there in Thai, man. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that is wild. That is really wild. So, all right. Well, it looks like you're doing great work with your wife and uh, uh, her name, Brielle. Is that what I yes, saw? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's, right. it's actually a town down by the Jersey Shore. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I, I appreciate connecting with you here as uh, we're wrapping up the uh, the calendar year, moving into the new one. I think this book is another great addition for the, the reading list for those that want to succeed in a way that they haven't yet. And uh, it's called Unremarkable to Extraordinary. Ignite your passion to go from passive observer to creator of your own life. And as we wrap up here with you, Jeremy, is there anything else that you you want to leave the audience with and heading into this calendar 2024 year? I would say that, you know, the biggest thing is understand all the people around you have wants, desires, needs, and hopes for you. And you have to just kind of acknowledge those for what they do and, you know, work hard in your own way and, and don't, you know, let those things dissuade you on what you want to do. It's it's about working hard. It's about creating something and, you know, being okay with other people not wanting that path for you and just kind of going and grabbing that path for yourself. Very cool. And if you guys want to plug into his podcast, Jeremy Ryan slate.com, it's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Have a happy new year, my new friend. And uh, anytime things are breaking, you want to let me know, or I'll jump on over to what you're doing. Just, just reach out. Absolutely. We're going to have you on my show soon, man. I'll have to connect with you on that. Oh, I'd be honored to do it with you. We'll have a great time, Jeremy. I thank you. Absolutely. Have a happy new year. All right. Happy new year. Jeremy Slate on the Robert Scott Bell Show first time. And so uh, I think about uh, this calendar year, we're cranking up to uh, toward 1800 guests over the years I've been doing this. And uh, each guest is only counted once if they've been on multiple times. Uh, but I, I, I really strive to find people and, you know, Kevin Tuttle, our buddy out there, associate producer, along with Super Don, finds the folks that are really doing good work, uplifting things. Not, you know, there are enough people that complain. Uh, and, you know, look, I could be guilty of I've never not complained. It's not a double negative. You know what I mean? Does that make it positive? Uh, but the idea is to find people that really are supporting a positive path forward. And it doesn't mean they do it for you, but they might inspire you like Tom Woods or like Jeremy Slate to do better. And and here's a way you can do that. So you're not like, well, I don't even know what to do. And remember, be specific as well as you move into that new year. We have questions of the day that come in uh, from time to time. Thanks to all y'all that submit them at robertscatbell.com. You can always submit questions by phone. You can leave us a message at 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. And uh, if you want to become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, in addition, you get the, uh, well, a lot of things that are only accessible to you, but now the greatest addition, I think, recently are the homeopathic hits. Everybody gets to download the PDF each day for free that we do a live show. But to see them, the five-minute or so segments, uh, Super Don's cutting them up and putting them up there for our patron supporters. Our next 
Zoom AMA, our final one of the year, is tomorrow, the 30th of December, and that's noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can still join us, and you'll have access to all the previous ones. We record them, uh, except the ones that got banned by YouTube. Those were the early years uh, of that. But plenty, plenty of bonus stuff that you can access for being part of the Patreon support crowd. There's even now a free Patreon membership. I don't know how that works, but Super Donna uh, tells me it's there. So uh, Jeremy Slate was number 1,879. Is that right? Could I see that number again? I got to look at my, my wife was telling me, I thought we hadn't hit 1,800 yet. 1,879. So my gosh, we're closing it on 1,900 guests. I had no, I, I here I, I'd miscounted. So 1879, what happened in 1879? So we are definitely cranking it to, to 2,000 <laughs> next year. I think no problem. Get there. 1879. I don't know. That's not one of those years I've memorized in high school. Right. I'm sure Michael Bolden would know something that happened then, or Jonathan E. Mord would, uh, the history buffs that they are. But, uh, yeah, 1,879 guests. Wow. Let's see. Uh, that was the year that Albert Einstein was born. Really? Uh, let's see here. There was uh, a disaster, a bridge disaster in Scotland. Uh, let's see. That was when the Anglo-Zulu War took place in 1879. Uh, there's something interesting. In 1879, Thomas Edison successfully created a practical and long-lasting electric light bulb. Although there's isn't there some controversy around oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Did he steal it from his yeah. coworkers or or Tesla? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. And then if you're into uh, opera, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Gilbert and Sullivan's "The Pirates of Penzance" uh, premiered in New York City in 1879. 1879. Okay, so there you go. Well, what an interesting thing to learn. Just learning that. We just had our 1,879th <laughs> guest. Uh, that's pretty wild. That is really wild. Well, we that segment homeop- brought to you by ChatGPT. Yeah, we oh, have a homeopathic hit coming up. We also have a question of the day that I didn't get to last hour. I, I guess we can we can hit it now, shall we? We shall. Yeah. All right. This is from Nancy. Not my Nancy, but Nancy. Hi, Dr. Bell. Remember when y'all used the term doctor? I take it in good spirit that it's intended it's a teacher a healer right but to be a medical doctor i don't claim to be it don't want to be it i realized it would be a disaster my uncle the medical doctor told me it wouldn't be good Uh, and he was right Uh, i don't want to be part of the third second or first leading cause of death just saying just saying uh so uh, nancy says i met you last september at the healing strong conference i think that was in houston uh it was a beautiful conference I, i had so much fun there and by the way the uh the lecture I gave there is available for our Patreon audience. And I've never given that lecture before. That was a lot of new stuff I presented at the uh, Healing Strong Conference. So another reason for you to become patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, she says, I have been di- since diagnosed with Lyme disease. She says the Bartonella strain. Do you treat that with silver? Thank you, Nancy. Well, over the years of discussing, discussing many different what we call infections, real or imagined, engineered or not, uh, silver has played a vital role in precluding the need to resort to many antimicrobial drugs, including antibiotics, antifungals, and antivirals. Uh, I'm not getting into the controversy of viruses right now as I say that, but just acknowledge that there is. There, those things still exist and they haven't been resolved. But Nancy, in your case, uh, to utilize the bioactive silver hydrosol, I would say an emphatic yes. In fact, I've worked with many doctors over the years 
taught them, in fact, some of these protocols, and uh, they have succeeded where they weren't succeeding before. And that's not a failure of them. It's just, you know, hey, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then do you in integrate it, incorporate it? So many doctors that I've worked with will utilize the silver initially, the bioactive silver hydrosol, like Sovereign Silver or Argentin 23 particularly. Uh, they will utilize it as an adjunct, right? They, they'll still, like the physicians that are trained, they may still use antibiotics. We had a, a Lyme question the other day talking about, um, I forget which one. I mentioned rocifen if it's in the kidneys for some that are using that. Uh, but as they progress in their understanding of the potency and efficacy and safety of the silver, they'll be utilizing more of that, less of the drugs. And to, to the point where now many physicians are able to achieve success with Lyme without resorting to antibiotics. Now, I'm not telling doctors to do it or not do it. I'm just saying these are the realities that I've witnessed, seen firsthand, talking with these doctors, knowing that some of them personally, and hearing the success stories. Why can silver work this way? Well, whatever form of Borrelia you believe is impacting you, if it's the, you know, the, the, the Borrelia spirochete that can uh, shed its cell wall and become a cyst, it's very difficult to near impossible for these antibiotics to succeed on these various different drugs. Whereas the silver ions can get in there, interact with it and, and neutralize it safely and also enhance the immune response. So for me, it is a quote unquote no brainer and it will not hurt your brain or nervous system. The silver that we're utilizing at the levels we're using it. And I would say a teaspoon, five ml dose, five times a day. This is a, a ongoing use or prolonged use and reassess every eight weeks, every two months. Now, this doesn't preclude the use of homeopathy, right? If you have access to the various remedies that impact or indicating, you know, the symptoms you're showing indicate the remedies. That's why we do the homeopathic hits so you can learn about that. But also the nozodes that exist. You could take uh, the Borrelia and convert it into a homeopathic form, whether it be uh, Bergdorferi or, or uh, in this case, the uh, Bartonella. It doesn't matter. Uh, the homeopathic form can help elicit a targeted immune response as well. Uh, so it's not one thing, it's a little everything. Increasing selenium, uh, increasing and enhancing healthy circulation. So nitric oxide could play a role there. Drinking hydrogen water from Paul, my buddy Paul Bertero, Echo Water, Echo Technologies, also facilitates a lot of powerful immune response as well. All of these things can enhance and get you over without having to resort to drugs if you can avoid them. And I would highly recommend it. Although, again, I recognize that some docs are still using that transitioning and utilizing the silver as well. But the silver is often the missing component of a Borrelia recovery or a Lyme recovery protocol. So hopefully that's helpful to you, Nancy. And uh, get back to me if you have any other uh, things you want to ro run by me or uh, ask on the show. Because if you have that question, thousands and thousands of other people do as well. And we want to help as many people as we can here uh, on the show. And, uh, you know, been doing this for 24 years, heading into the 25th year. A broadcast healing. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity to keep going. So please say thanks to those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. You can see the banners in the show notes and, the, and, the, and just the show page. You just click on any of those banners and that's going to support us by telling those people that support us that we appreciate you. I appreciate you. And, I, and, I, and we're going to appreciate some of them that may join us tomorrow on the Zoom AMA as well if you have questions beyond what I can cover on the show. All right, Super D, what else is going on? I know we got a homeopathic hit. If there are any other breaking news uh, interfaces on Rumble or any of the other places, the channel is live on Q Streaming as well. We should let people know how they can tune in there. Um, yeah, <clears throat> all you got to do 
is go to the uh, URL you see here at the bottom of the uh, the banner here, rsbshow1.myqstreaming.com. Uh, you'll learn more information about everything that's on there. I, uh, last night, mm-hmm. um, attempted, and, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating because <clears throat> as I've gotten older, I've found that if I'm going to try and watch a movie, uh, I better try and do it earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. or on the weekend uh, because I, I tried to watch the new Mission Impossible last night, which is on video on demand on Q streaming. So how now, much extra did it cost you to watch that? Uh, it was 1995. No, actually it was nothing. It was free. Yeah, <laughs> dude. The, the brand, I mean, that came out not that long ago. I don't yeah. think, I don't think you can get that anywhere else uh, without mm-hmm. paying for it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's included. Uh, but I got to watch about three quarters of it, which is really good. Yeah, it's good. And you passed out from exhaustion. I I crashed because it was eleven o'clock. I had to go to bed. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then before that, what was the movie I watched before that? It was it was something else that I watched that was really good. Um, but there's like new releases and stuff on there. You've got all the pay channels, all the HBO and the Showtime and the Cinemax and the Stars mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which you would have to pay extra for if yeah. you had say something like Hulu, which is what I use. Yeah. And I'm probably going to end up getting rid of now because why? You, you know? have access to everything. You don't need all it. that. All yeah. the if you're into sports, it's got all the sports channels, including stuff like the NFL Red Zone, which is something you usually have to pay extra for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pay per views. You know the UFCs. I'm big. I, I really like watching MMA. Yeah. UFCs. It's like seventy bucks. Uh, you know, per event. Yeah, one event would cost more than it costs you per month to access for the whole everything. thing. And yeah. now on top of all that, uh, we have our own channel. And that's t- uh, channel twenty four ninety five. So on Q streaming, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to watch our show, you just tune to channel twenty four ninety five, and you can. Well, we're live right now on on the channel, and I'm working on. I haven't got it uh, completely figured out yet because mm-hmm. it's kind of a big task yeah. trying to figure out how to stream twenty four hours a day to that channel. But I'm working on it, and so uh, I'm s- streaming a few hours a day now. Mm-hmm. But eventually, here and very soon, here in the new year. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a 24-hour Robert Scott Bell show channel, which yes. people will be able to go in and watch. You know, basically, uh, you know, whatever I can fit the most recent shows that I can fit in a 24-hour period of time before, or I guess you'd say what 22-hour yeah. period of time before, and uh, our live show comes on on that channel as well. So, that anyway, really cool, really cool. I'm pretty, co- and you know, the the sticking point on this whole thing mm-hmm. when this first started was about a year ago. Yeah, when we first found out about Q streaming. Was that, oh, well, you had to watch it on, on the internet. They had a website. It was kind of glitchy. You know, sometimes stuff would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, you know, and they've, they've worked on it and perfected it over time. And they finally got it to a point now where you can purchase an Amazon Fire Stick, stick it into the the HDMI port on your on your TV, your smart mm-hmm. TV, which most people have. They You know, the new TVs that come out, all they all have an HDMI uh, and it comes with a remote control. So now you can, you know, I just, I just turn on the fire stick and I go down to Q streaming doink and yep. it brings up the guide and it's got all the channels and all the stuff, the cooking shows, the, the kids shows, the very cool. religion shows, the news channels, you know, it's got the whole deal as if you had like cable on steroids, you know, <laughs> really honestly. Right. So show yeah. the, show the page again. Cause if you're not on the website right now, I can, I can read it to you. You can go there to, to become part of that. RSB show one, the number one RSB show one dot my Q C U E streaming.com. 
There's also, you know, scan, you can get to it. And you sign up, supports the show. Also, if you have a church that you go to and you want to support your church or synagogue, whatever, everybody in that church or synagogue, whatever, probably paying for some kind of online streaming service or cable or whatever, you now can give them the option to have access to everything, including a lot of church channels, and you could support that ministry. So again, it's also a great fundraiser and you have access to things you could never do for this price. Never. And, and anyway, so for those of you who want to be entertained or whatever, uh, this is something that we want to make as a viable option. Now that we have our own channel and it's really working and now we have the Q stick thing. It's, it's, it's really cool. So yes, we're all in and we want you to support it as well. Now, having said that, we got a, a little bit more to go and we have a bonus round. Usually we do at the end of every show for those that are on UK health radio, come on over to robertscottbell.com and various other sites that may only carry the live version, but we're still live afterwards for a little bit extra. And I'm thinking, I don't know how long we'll go, but it's a bonus kind of time that we have in 2023 to wrap up the year. And so let's do one more homeopathic hit before the year is over. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Yeah, it's 2023, the year homeopathy made a comeback. The homeopathic hits, and we've been hitting them pretty well this year, thanks to Super Don and all y'all supporting it and sharing it. Stramonium is the remedy today. Thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, thanks to Folium Products and Trinity for supporting the show, making it possible to do this. And you can see what this is. It's another botanical remedy. Stramonium, the remedy for intense anger, fear, nightmares, and neurological disorders. Ooh, that's not subtle. That's pretty intense, right? Yeah, it's an intense remedy. So these homeopathic hits are designed not to give you all-encompassing knowledge of homeopathy, but to kind of hit it a little bit. And give you an intrigue, an interest to go further. So if you suffer with intense fears, anger, nightmares, certain neurological disorders, let's explore stramonium together. How about it? Origination of this thing called stramonium derived from the Datura stramonium plant, also known as Jimson weed. And here it is. It's kind of prickly, but it's kind of cute. It's got thumbs up there. Thanks to Super Don's efforts. I love it. Uh, Stramonium is a plant. And it's a long history of use in herbal medicine as well as homeopathic medicine. Of course, we use it in a highly, highly dilute form, so it's completely safe and can't harm you. And uh, let's go through some of these key characteristics again briefly. Physically, it's known, stramonium, as a uh, being f- effective for treating things like uh, spasmodic-type symptoms, uh, such as convulsions or, or twitching. It's also indicated in cases of high fever with delirium and hallucination. So you can think of some other fever remedies you might want to pair it with. Mentally, some of the uh, pronouncements or manifestations include intense fear, anger, terror, hallucinations, and nightmares. Patients may exhibit violent behavior or have a fear of darkness and solitude. So again, giving you some indications of the intensity of this remedy called stramonium. So let's uh, review that, the intensity here. Fears, nightmares, particularly effective for treating conditions with extreme anger, And uh, again, vivid nightmares, things like that. Neurological disorders used in cases of neurological disturbances, such as convulsions or twitching, especially when accompanied by fear or agitation. How about high fever with delirium? I mean, this is, you know, the intense thing. Maybe you've tried the other remedies and you're like, it's not doing it. Let's hit stramonium. Febrile conditions where there's delirium, hallucinations, and possibly violent behavior. Now, in terms of the intensity, you think, well, I have to go to a high potency remedy right away. Not necessarily. 
Sometimes you can do a 6X, a 10X, a 12X, 15X, 12C, 30C, and be fine. Get what you can. Try it in the case where it's indicated. No harm in doing so. If you're really going into the intense high attenuations or potencies, 1Ms, 50LMs, you're really dealing with some deep-seated stuff, and I would urge you to consult with a homeopath in such cases. But you can repeat the lower potency safely over time to manage these things a little bit better. So as we scroll down in our PDF that you can download for free at robertscatbell.com, here are some complimentary remedies to consider. And I bet some of you already thought of these now. You're getting schooled in homeopathy just about every day here. Belladonna. It's often used alongside stramonium for high fevers and delirium, especially when there is sudden onset. And I say sudden onset, you're probably thinking, hmm, what about, uh, hmm, let's see, aconitum? Or what about uh, phosphorus? Okay, I didn't throw them in here because you guys, I can start throwing everything in. So I'm just throwing some other ones in, including hyoscyamus, Useful for neurological disorders, a little different angle with restlessness and agitation, complementing some of stramonium's actions. And I, of course, I had to throw in some silver nitrate, argentum nitricum. Why? I think it's a complementary remedy to stramonium because, you know, the, on your way to intense anger or these things, you can be frustrated or you can be angry and then fall back into frustration. And argentum nitricum might curtail that further, you know, return, if you will, into that stramonium state. So think of Argentum Nitricum as an option. So while Stramonium is safe as a homeopathic remedy, it's advisable not to self-prescribe for serious mental or neurological conditions, of course. And if symptoms worsen or persist, uh, please consult, you know, the, your chosen healthcare provider. I hope it's a homeopath, but it's your choice. As we conclude, Stramonium as a remedy, it's valuable. And it's particularly effective for treating intense anger, fears, nightmares, certain neurological disorders. So please keep tuning in to the Robert Scott Bell Show in the new calendar year, 2024, coming up for more insightful explorations into our homeopathic hits. And once again, not to replace a doctor if you have one or want one, but as I remind you, if you do want one, ask them how often they have a bowel movement, because if they're going less than you, you know what they're full of. <laughs> Just a warning, insight, right? But if you would like to have fully informed decision-making processes at to your, to your, you know, the best of your ability. That's what I do these for, to give you insight, information, education, not to replace anything you don't want to replace, but you have the safety of working with homeopathy in this way. So thank you for indulging me. Thank you once again to Super Don and all y'all that insisted I needed to do this. And I was reluctant. I dragged my feet for decades. And here we are 24 years into it, almost into our 25th year. I'm finally doing some homeopathic hits. Can you imagine? See how stubborn and slow I can be, Super Don? Uh, yeah, it's all your fault. <laughs> I could have pushed you earlier, too. But yeah, it just seemed like it was the right time to do it. And it's inspired us to consider doing some other educational segments like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you've only dragged your feet for about two months on the detox dialogues versus 24 years. So you're making progress. Yeah. <laughs> After all these years, I get there. I'm slow, but I get there. And there's more. There's even more ideas that I've come up with on some of these segments. So, um, I, you know, we've toyed with the idea. I mm -hmm. don't know that we're any closer yet. Yeah. But we have toyed the idea for years now. Yeah. Of going back to a third hour. It's got to make sense for us to do it. Sure. Uh, not have support to do that. But yeah. at this point, I could see how with these these educational segments, with you know, uh, let me just real quick, um, since we're talking, was there something else you wanted to do with this last couple of minutes? No, I'm hanging out. I know we want to talk. I know about we, we kind of, we, we didn't uh, coming through. I, I, you okay. know, I, 
I mentioned it earlier, and we can do that more in the bonus round for those who want to stick around about some of the critiques and criticism. And, and, and of course, we could have opened the floodgates by saying we do welcome them. Uh, I, I don't want to cry getting too much of them, but I won't. Um, and we have some, again, these critiques are valuable. They're important. And they allow me to address them, too on the air or off the air if need be uh, so that, you know, we can assess the reasons why we do or don't take advice, right? Particularly, you know, uh, based on critique, because some we incorporate others. We go, "Mm, doesn't work. Why? I want to talk. I want to be open and direct with all those things. So we got that coming up. So go ahead, Super D. Um, Yeah. I was just trying to see where I've, I've got a document somewhere that I'm trying to find, Mm -hmm. but I was just saying that there are some other ideas that I hear they are that I've come up with that I think are things that we could incorporate into the show that would fill that time. Like I said, we just need to, to, to make, um, it has to make sense. Um, and so, you know, detox dialogues is, is one of them. That um, seems to be the next up that I've agreed. That's to the do, next right? one that we've yeah. got, got coming up, but you know, yeah. there's holistic hacks is one that I've, I've kind of looked at holistic hacks. I um, like the alliteration, but yeah. they, they might call me a holistic hack. If you keep that up. There's there's another one here. You know, we, we used to do a long time ago. There was something that I tried out, and we did mm-hmm. it for a little while, but it kind of fell by the wayside. We used to do something called Hometown Healers. That's right, yes. Um, and whether we, you know, go back to that or Freedom Fighters, you know, things of that nature, I think it would be cool to do, you know, like segments, whether it's something we do ourselves talking about a particular story or we bring on somebody as a guest specifically for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Food is Medicine, I think, is something we could do as a segment. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of ideas that I have. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens this new year. But at least we know that going into the new year, we're going to have the uh, homeopathic hits uh, and the detox dialogues. I'm mm-hmm. curious, though, because, you know, when you pull out the Materia Medica, I mean, yeah. it's like war and peace, right? You know, it's like here's this gigantic <laughs> book. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't I don't think we'll run out of remedies anytime soon because there's. There's quite a few. Do you know oh, how many there are so, total? Hundreds and hundreds into the over a thousand and 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 more to come because, you know, as you have, uh, let's say, more man-made things, you can actually convert them into homeopathy too. So you're right. We can go through two straight years of this and we'll not have touched half of them, I don't think. So, yeah. There and is no definitive remedies, number. <laughs> inevitably, Super Don, some of these remedies are going to be so obscure. I'll, I'll say, hey, I've never used this remedy, right? You're going to come across them. Some are not widely used. We've hit a lot of them that are in wide use for me as well. And, you know, I'm comfortable talking about, but there are going to be some I'm going to go, dude, hey, this is a remedy I've not used. So uh, it'll be fun discovery for all of Apparently, us. According to what I'm looking at here, there are over 2,000 remedies traditionally that have been documented in the homeopathic materia medica. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do the math on that, right? There's 365 days in a year, yeah. 52 weeks, and and only, we only do those Monday through Friday. Yeah. We'll be doing it. We, we, we won't run we out of anything. A lot of years so. of homeopathic hits to go. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fun watching you do the detox dialogues because even though we talk about detoxification, it's not something that we really dive deep into. And there are a lot of different angles on detox. Mm-hmm. And there, I, I'm looking forward to it because it's not only do I think it's an important topic because – you know, one of the things you hear me rail on every once in a while is that, you know, it's like there's a a, a toxin behind every tree, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you can't get away from it, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, you've got to do something. You've got to yeah. detox, you know, from the stuff that you're surrounded by and you come into contact with every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot. It turns out, according to the list that I've, I've put together, 
there's a lot. Yeah. A lot oh, of different yeah. ways that you can detox. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. I think that's going to be neat. Also, shout out to Jonathan from choosetobehealthy.com. His dad, Chuck, you know, was with us longer than anybody. And um, I've invited him also to join us, say hello in the Zoom AMA. If you have questions uh, for Jonathan as well, uh, Bobbery uh, with Folium, the little backside stories, if you will. I mean, behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, we'll have that. And the AMAs have been fun with or without special guests, but it'll be fun to wrap up the year and say thank you to them that have supported us directly and are supporting the health, the good health of all of us. Because so we don't bring the stuff that's garbage and crap. That's just not what we're going to do. So remember, set your clocks. Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, tomorrow morning, December 30th, 2023. As that, that's a, technically a live appearance, even though it's not our live public broadcast, but uh, uh, that's happening tomorrow. And then we have... Uh, Sunday conversation of some kind to wrap up. Then it's the New Year's Day, which we'll have an encore. And then we'll be back on the 2nd of January. So let's take a break here as we wrap up uh, the live show on the Robert Scabell Show for 2023. And the bonus round still has a little bit more. If you want to stick around and you got a question or comment, drop it in. We'll respond and then we'll take a break. I'll pause. Until then, the power to heal is still yours. We did it. My own live broadcast of 2023. Woo! How did he get here? Much less, how did we get to 1,879 guests? Yeah, that's like 79 more than you thought you had. Right. I was thinking we were still on our way to 1,800. And uh, my honey, who's keeping track of all of that, says, no, 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 you are way short. Yeah. What are you shaking there? You got some cardio miracle happening? I do. Yes, sir. Nice. Did You, you already had yours today? I did. I I. I I did my cardio miracle this morning and I did my uh, super creatine and, and then I went to go to the, the kickboxing workout, which was great. And I haven't been able to, to work out as often this month because it's been a crazy month in terms of travel and, and other things to do, but um, you know, still feeling pretty fit. And I've been doing some, some of the yoga that I learned from Tim James when we were at the mountains of hope healing retreat, Tim James does amazing yin yoga so it's helped me a lot with uh, flexibility and things. So I'm, I'm not doing it as dedicated when we woke up every morning there. By the way, folks, I think January is still the opening month uh, for the healing retreats at, for open to everybody at the uh, Mountains of Hope healing uh, retreat. It's just, man, mountainsofhope.com. Uh, just give me an excuse. I'll be back down there. Uh, that's something. If I want to plant a seed for something extraordinary, it'd be like a real exclusive week for the Robert Scott Bell Show audience, those that want to come and we do some kind of retreat there. But I know that's a big ask. But then again, if you don't ask, you never get. So put it <clears> out <throat> there to the universe and say, maybe, possibly, could it be? That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I need some more Juan Valdez coffee anyway. So Yeah, I would definitely, if you're not coming, I would bring some more back to you. You like that. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet, uh, but it's organic. We had the real organic Colombian coffee. Very yeah, nice. It's good stuff. Yeah. So I, I uh, throw, I throw actually, I, I, you know, I put the coffee in the, I grind it, mm -hmm. put it in the basket, and then I put cinnamon over the top of it. Oh, nice. And it, yeah, it comes out really good. Yeah. I like it. I, it, if I do the treat, which is the bulletproof version, I do my own version of it, but I'll often put a little bit of vanilla and cinnamon in it as well. Mm -hmm. And oh, it's so delicious. It is. Yeah. It's Real like a treat. dessert. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's um, just for a minute. We won't we won't uh, belabor the point, mm -hmm. but let's talk about. We got an email yesterday, or maybe yeah. it was this morning. Um, no from names a listener. mentioned. Yeah, and because uh, you know, yesterday we were like, hey, you know, 
just tell us what you think. What do you like about the show? What you don't like about the show? Yeah. What you'd like to see just do more of or something like that. And this is something that you can, you can do this anytime. It's not like a, Hey, only now. Yeah. Uh, but I like to, to focus on these types of things more at the end of the year as we go into the new year um, so that we can kind of try some new things and, and um, you know, uh, look at different directions. So I got an email um, from a listener who uh, says they, they, you know, they, they love the show, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, would like to have less politics in the show. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons that that was given was that they would like to refer the show to their friends and family, but because and I, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, when we start waving guns around and um, start talking about uh, you know uh, liking Trump, that it would be a, an automatic uh, deal breaker for these people that they would want to refer to the show. Yeah. Um, and that it would be, you know, that, that this person didn't have a problem with like what we do on Thursdays with Jonathan Emore, but right. it's throughout the show, the rest of the episodes. It's, it's a bit of a dilemma, Super Don, because I, I don't think that I do a lot of politics because I, you know, most yeah. of it's focused on that one hour with Emore on Thursdays, but right. uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not peppered occasionally in, and you're right. If you have, let's say a lot of friends who are heavily Democrat, or establishment leaning. I mean, heck, I mean, there could be a lot of Republicans that don't like what we say. So it's not just one way, but uh, right now, because of the COVID stuff, it's been more or less the Dems, if they're hardcore Dems are not liking what we're saying or anybody that's, that's, you know, not doing Fauci party line stuff. Uh, But I think the reminder here, and we can talk about this in the AMA tomorrow as well. And I appreciate the critique or the concern. Totally. If you, because yep. if, if you look, we've lost sponsors over this. We have. It's true. Because I am. I don't withhold sometimes talking about politics, and I am not a Trump Trump sycophant, nor am I a Trump deranged lunatic hater kind of thing. I'm not. I'm like I just assess the man. What has he done right? What has he done wrong? What has he done good? You know, all of that. I just, we, we try to be objective as we can about these things. But if you don't hate someone enough or love someone enough, someone's going to be offended and not like it. That's true. Right. And who wrote this in is like that. But the concern is, yeah, if you have a lot of friends that are left of significantly left of center and they listen to this, they might think we hate, you know, leftists uh, or progressives. But I think here's where the explanation comes in. And you can correct me or add to this, Super Don. This show is not exclusively about health and what you can do to maintain or regain your health. It is a show fundamentally about health freedom, which subset being medical freedom. And that means anything that intersects with the freedom to make choices about your own health is unfortunately or fortunately just the nature of the beast is going to intersect occasionally politically. Because there are forces that may happen to be Democrats. Sometimes they might happen to be Republicans, but mostly at this point, Democrats want to prohibit you from making those choices. And in that way, I cannot, what do I say, be silent about those things? Yeah. It isn't an everyday and all the time thing, but when it comes up, yes, that would be difficult for someone who really leans that way to have to self-efface. But many have. So it's not as bad. So you might be surprised by some of your friends. They might be now open to this. Right. And 
think, and I try to be respectful, but you know, when we have a, a tweet like by Marianne Williamson, she's definitely considered very left of center progressive. And I, you know, I like her as a person. I got nothing, no, nothing against her, but she says certain things that are just incongruent with health freedom. Even if she, you know, might say I'm anti big pharma, but yet she says, I want to promote this, what socialized medicine, which right. is not supportive of a big pharma. Show me where it isn't. And I guess, so it's a dilemma. I, I acknowledge the dilemma. And, and so I'm not mad at the critique or criticism or the concern. I acknowledge it is. I don't know what to do about it totally because we're not going to be silent about those things that impact our health freedom. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you can't please everybody. Um, it's kind of I mean, like, it, I should never mention you're in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we'll pretty what, much. What happens if I tell my friend to listen and you mention urine therapy? <laughs> oh, no, they won't be my friend anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe they weren't really your friend to begin with. How's well, that? it's not like we're the urine therapy show. No, no, no. I mean, it very yeah. rarely comes up. Now, we do talk politics quite a bit. Sure. Um, it's no mystery hmm. where we kind of are politically. We are a conservative, libertarian um, type of, of show when it comes to those politics. But classical liberalism is now that I think, True. you know, when you look back at the history. Yeah. But, but then, you know, I mean, you get into things like, I mean, one of the things that was mentioned in uh, the, the email was uh, gun control. Right. Right. And, and guns, you know, Hey, you're, yeah, you're, it, you are a proud gun owner. I am um, fiercely defensive of the second the right Amendment, to right? defend myself. And right. my family. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the way I look at it is, is this, um, there are other shows that I have watched or listened to in the past that would be considered Democrat, uh, liberal shows, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was a big fan of The Daily Show when Jon Stewart was was doing that. Mm -hmm. And he's a total lib, right? Yeah. I mean, he is. Um, but I, I took what I liked and I left the rest. I mean, right. that's just what I did. Yeah. And so I would I would encourage people, you know, that if, if they're into health yeah. uh, and health freedom, that you know that they take what it is that they they want or they need from the mm -hmm. show and and leave the rest. Now, not everybody can do that. No, I know, but remember, uh, there was one guy, the old surfer dude from Hawaii. Yes, I don't know. He Thomas comment in a while. Thomas, right? Yes. And you know, we're all on board. He's all on board on the health stuff. But when I get into some of the politics, talk bad about socialism, he's like, "No, you're naive. You're stupid. You're like, oh, you violently on. almost." Sometimes. I know. Yeah. And on that, of course, yeah, we have a disagreement. Uh, you know, obviously over the years, he's been able to put that aside and go, yeah, we disagree on that. I don't like that, but you know, the health stuff I'm in. Right. right. And so the, the discernment, I guess, or the intolerance, right. Is that more a, a factor of being considered a, on the left side of politics right now? I mean, Bobby Kennedy would say so the intolerance has moved left, you know, how many people yeah. on the so-called right have embraced Bobby Kennedy, even though he's a Democrat historically. Right. Yep. I, I know that's just one example. So I'm not trying to denigrate people on the left. And so when they hear it, they're easily seemingly much more easily offended than those on the right at this point. That's seemingly and, what and, we've experienced. And here's the other way to look at it. If, if um, first off, this show has, is never, has never been and never will be just a Dr. Dean Adele, uh, you know, Dr. Adele, you know, I, I have corns. On my feet, what can I do? Well, here's what you do. <laughs> Next caller, please. Hi, Dr. Adele. I, I have uh, hemorrhoids. You know, well, well, here's what you do. Uh, you know, could you do that? You could totally do that in your sleep. 
right? But that's not where your heart, that's not where your passion is, right? Um, it would also be like, you know, Dr. Bob Martin, that guy has been around for ages, mm-hmm. hugely successful. And that's kind yeah. of what his show is too. Yeah, there it's are just people a, that, that do a show like that, and I respect them immensely for it. And right. very often they also have products that they sell or promote directly. And I'm not critiquing that or criticizing that. I'm just right. saying they have to toe that line because they're going to be targeted because of the products that they sell. And, you know, most of those folks just say that they cheer me on. They're happy that I'm doing what I'm doing. They're like, I can't do that. I'm right. glad you're doing it. And, and so it serves, I think, an important niche or role in terms of broadcast media and outreach in that, uh, you know, for those that are reluctant to share the Robert Scott Bell show because it might offend someone who might be left of center or very liberal, uh, I would ask, you know, that those folks might have to mature a little bit and get past some of the things we disagree on and go, hey, there's a lot of stuff we do agree on more than not. Uh, but if I'm not entertaining enough to hold their attention, of course, that's another problem. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's I, you know, I appreciate it. It's it is causing us to kind of, you know, reflect a little bit. Sure. Um, when it comes to politics outside of on Thursdays. Usually, uh, if the the political story that we cover is not somehow directly tied to censorship, um, the FDA, the CDC trying to you know get people to do things that we don't agree with, um, you know, or something that isn't directly related to some sort of health freedom topic, we usually don't talk about it. Yeah. But there have been times, especially sure. when it's been like you know a. Uh, you know, uh, campaign time and stuff like that, where we will get into some of those topics. And it is, it's just, it's kind of in our DNA. It just is, yeah. you know, especially with mine. Yeah. I mean, cause that's, that's where I cut my teeth, you know, I mean, on, on radio was working in, in politics. So is it possible that sometimes we maybe spend a little more time on the political side of things than that, it, you know, is, is well, yeah, I'm not going to say extracurricular to what it is. Yeah. We normally do it is, but, but, but do we want to self-censor ourselves? No. And, and the thing is <clears throat> going into this show each day, other than the E-Mord hour, you know, I yeah. don't, I, we're not really targeting political topics, but no. if it, again, if it cross sections into the health, the healing, the health freedom, things like that, uh, it's going to be something we are going to cover because it isn't just a, here's what you do to prevent this. Here's what you do to heal that. That's part of what we do, but it's a much more comprehensive than that. And, and, and in saying this, this is not an attack on the criticism. It's an acknowledgement of it that I'm not everybody's cup of tea because of that. Yeah. But if I, if, if I was everybody's cup of tea, then I wouldn't be true to myself. Nobody would be. There's always going to someone that's offended by something. And you know, it's like, if you please everybody, what are you at that point? Right. And so my intent is not to offend on purpose, you know, even though there are people like Fauci, I don't mind if I offend him, <laughs> you know, things like that. But for the most part, it isn't to attack people because of their political ideology. It's to point out where I might disagree with that ideology. And it's usually rooted in something that violates our fundamental freedoms. That's where I would go. All right. You want to take away my choice? we don't have a lot in common anymore. Question is, can you get beyond that disagreement or just, you know, and and maybe come along and say, you know what, we have a lot of disagreements there, but I think you should have the choice. We're like, okay, cool. We're good. So. Nope. So anyway. Yeah. We may, we may talk about it more. We may talk about it on Saturday. Well, 
Yeah, for those of you joining but us. But we do there. appreciate, the, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that kind of input. I mean, some yeah. people might be like, oh, I'm afraid to tell. No, don't be afraid. Talk about to do don't it. be. Yeah. Don't be. You know, yeah. we, it, it, it does make a difference. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. It, it's it's going to let it percolate for a while and right. see if there's, right. you know, what, what we may or may not be able to do on that situation. Yes, exactly. Remember the AMA tomorrow. Also upcoming events in uh, February 2nd and 3rd, San Antonio, Texas. That's the Autism Health Summit, and it's in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Dr. Andy Wakefield, Dell Bigtree, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler from IPAC, Dr. Jack, Dr. Brian Hooker, Dr. Jerry Kartzenel, Dr. James Neuschwander, me, RSB, Tracy Slepsevic, and a whole lot more. This is going to be the event of the new year kicking it off in style with amazing speakers and lots of, you know, a couple of days together in San Antonio at the JW Marriott. Uh, so check out the Autism Health Summit and it's linked up in the upcoming events tab. Uh, then we have the, I still don't have a better image for the Trinity Health Freedom Expo virtual super We got to do something. Yeah, we do. We do? Or I do. Yeah, I've oh, got you this know right I'm going to refresh the page because maybe. No, no, no. Anymore. Well, it's, I don't, it may not be up there. Oh, I've got okay. the image. I can, oh, I'll, there you I'll go. take that care of that way later. way better. Yeah. The virtual expo, February 17th and 18th. Many of our friends that were there, including Dr. Brian Artis, presenting again. And we'll have some new things coming out. But you couldn't have seen all of it even if you were there. So please join us at trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com for the virtual expo. And be part of that. You can still sponsor it. You can have a, a virtual booth. There's all kinds of ways you can do that. And then we got Atlanta coming up after that, uh, unless something else pops into the mix. Uh, World Wellness Weekend, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Functional Medicine Summit and Expo. Uh, doctors Terry and Stu Warner putting that on. We'll have a, a whole host of, of folks. And a lot of doctors of chiropractic will be there. Uh, certainly, I'll be able to get adjusted while I'm emceeing the event. And that's happening again. Let's see, February. No, I'm sorry, March 8th, 9th, and 10th, Atlanta. And then a week after that, outside of Atlanta, and this is where we were last year at Lake Lanier Islands in Buford, the resort there. What a wonderful time we had, thanks to Tia Severino, March 14th through 17th. And uh, you can go to, uh, let's see, next-steps.info to be part of that event. And there'll be more we'll add into the mix as we get, you know, more, as we know more about and confirm things. So uh, the tour in 2024 will continue. Yes, sir. All right. Um, any other comments or questions coming through before we wrap it up till I've tomorrow got, morning? I do not have anything here on my side. Okay. Anything in Rumble? Everything be good at Rumble. Everything's good at Rumble. Okay. Yep. Thirty people hanging out with us right now. All right. Hello, my Rumble people. <laughs> and hello to the people again. I like to do this every once in a while. Just give a shout out to the folks that are listening to us on the podcast. On the podcast, yeah. We appreciate you as well. And Tom Woods was awesome, wasn't he? Of course, he always is. Yeah, he always is. He's good. Oh, here's a good question from Mercedes. Hmm. Uh, let's see if I can put this up on the screen. Maybe you can help with that. Uh, let's see. Here it is. Mercedes. There we go. Just wondering for the Q stick, uh, can you get the high wire? I love all the different speakers and subjects you talk about. Uh, on on the Q stick. Well, yeah, well, you have the Amazon uh, stick that operates. Yeah, you mean on Q streaming is, streaming, can you right? get the high wire? That's a good question. I don't think so. I is mean, he not on it? The high, no, he, I don't think he personally, his, you know, the high wire is on there. Um, 
But how do people watch the High Wire already if it's not on their computer? Do, on their website. Roku? On their website. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're on Roku. Yeah. I've never looked into that. I saw that Dell Bigtree is now, I don't know if he's like communications director or strategist for Bobby Kennedy's uh, candidacy. Oh, is he? I got an email like that. I, I don't know if it'll impact his high wire or not, but that's kind of cool. Well, see where that goes. Let's see. If I go to the high wire and I want to watch, they've got a link uh, to watch it directly on the website, which as far unless something's changed, that was the way. Most people will watch it. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, Gab, da, 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 da. I don't so know if I, they have their own app or if they're on Roku or something. Yeah. I don't see anything being advertised to that effect. So I'll have to ask Dell and the team. Maybe they would want to have a channel on there or, or a CHD yeah, Children's not, Health Defense right? channel or something. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Children's Health Defense, they could they could put a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, they have a lot of good content. So there you go. Yep. So we will right. look into that. But in the meantime, you can watch us. All right. For those of you who can't wait, for the new year, join us tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific for the AMA, Zoom AMA. And oh, Mercedes says she uses DuckDuckGo to get there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's pretty censored on Google, of course. Uh, but also, uh, we'll be back live Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, next live broadcast. And a lot, a lot of great guests scheduled. And I look forward to a new year of health and healing and happiness or the pursuit of happiness. And more freedom, not less. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. But if we're going to do it. Sounds good to me. Well, yeah, we're going to do it. That's and what we do. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to Super D. And uh, we're, not, we're not done. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of you. For thank you for another there. successful year. You guys have, yeah. have given us a reason to do this uh, two hours a day. Mm. Um, it's, all, it's all about you. Yeah. Not all about me, despite the fact that... It's mostly about you, but it's a little about other people, too. When I talk too much. Yes. <laughs> all right, y'all. For those all of you right. who want to join us tomorrow morning, we'll see you there at the AMA. Uh, for those of you... Otherwise, we'll have some encores, uh, probably a Sunday conversation and a Monday show on the New Year's Day, which is a holiday, technically. And then Tuesday, we'll be back live for all y'all therein. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And uh, can't wait to see you tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever, whatever comes first for you. All right. Have a happy and safe new year. Happy we'll new see, year, uh, see most of you. Uh, we'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs>